is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There's only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's not it. One more. Get arrested. No. They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up. Remember in the old days they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this is the Sports Loud Mouths. Yay! Man, can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks, Speedy Petey, and Tyler Harrison. Tyler Harrison. You're not even a has-been. You're a never was. You're a never was. Hello, 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 hello! Welcome back! Tyler is in the studios! We are the Sports Loudmouths. I'm your host, Daryl Marks. My co-host, Speedy, Drizzy, Petey, and Tyler, I need a drink, Harrison. 631-672-3108 is the number. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app by going to iOS. WWSRN or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. So, hold on one second, Tyler. Why weren't you in the studios yesterday? What was the reason why you didn't show up here? I had to go to a wake. And who who died? Who passed away? So it's at so at work. There's the owner, there's the GM, and then there's the controller. The controller is the third most important. Power He's the one who play with plays with himself, right? The controller, he plays with himself. Do you get it? I mean, it's a girl, so that... Uh, well, maybe she plays with herself. I mean, I... Do you know her personally? Did you hang out yeah, with no, her? Yeah, no, I actually do know her personally, and it was it was just very, uh... I hate wakes. Yeah, so I, I, you I, think I, I, I like wakes? Well, no, I mean, that's... A, that's a, yeah, it, it's a dumb going thing to, to say. Yeah, I was a dumb... Everyone hates wakes, but, like, I just... Snug probably likes it because he likes the cupcakes. <laughs> there were cupcakes? I, I, if you look, you, you probably would have found some s'mores or something. Damn. No, I didn't look. Anyways, right, Tyler you going into the s'mores business now? Tyler was at a wake, so how wonderful. That's why Tyler was in, wasn't here yesterday. So if anybody wanted to know why Tyler wasn't here, he was at a wake. Speedy Petey, uh, did you actually brush your hair today? I did not. Hence, I'm wearing a hat. It's a little greasy, you know? Hence, uh, I'm wearing a hat. So, we so, have a Knicks guest. I'll wear a Knicks, I'll wear a Knicks hat. There you Knicks go, ma- man. Knicks made a trade. That's right. I mean, so. We will get into the Knicks trade. Uh, I think it was a very we good trade. We should nix the Knicks segment. How's that sound? I'm sorry? We should nix the Nick segment. How about we should nix that hat off your head? How's that sound? You could take that off if you want. Are you trying to hide something behind there? No. All right. So it's no. just, it's a little weird all of a sudden that you're wearing a hat all the time. You're not even showing that wonderful, you know, that wonderful hairline that you have. <clears throat> <laughs> Fuck you. <clears throat> <laughs> you know, we're trying to be better people this year, but you make it very difficult. <laughs> you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> that already says hashtag ban the beef. <laughs> Stuck says, does the short bus require... Oh, I'm not reading that. Uh, it's a new year. I'm not reading Tyler that. I'm going to be a better person and not Harrison. read those, uh, those comments. Uh, Snug says, what you really want to do is find other people who will play with your stuff and let you play with their stuff. Uh, uh, what? Why are we doing this? 
Stock also Why says, are we doing this? We're not even two minutes into the show. Why is it happening? He also says, yay, it's a full house tonight, so who is Uncle Jesse, Danny Tanner, and the I'll other be guy. Danny Tanner. I'll be Danny Tanner. The uh, controller, where's the alcohol? The you kind of look like Bob Saget. A Thank little you. bit. A Thank little Bobby. You know, we'll call you Bobby L. Thank you. Stock says, the controller controls the money in an organization. He has a better hairline than you do, I love Mr. A, Jawbreaker. I, well, he's... he's, he's Deceased, so I don't think that's true. Well, I mean, when he was alive, oh, he had a better well, hairline than well, you. Thank you. Snug says, I love a good wake. The <laughs> refreshments are amazing, and the conversation is minimal. Jeff says, go dogs. And Ben says, down goes Ohio State. Oh, I'm glad I missed that whole freaking hour On Wisconsin. <laughs> Anyways, we have a great show lined up for you guys. As you guys know, at 930, we'll be talking to Dean of Nick's Film School, Jonathan Macri, so he will be joining us. That's the only guest we have tonight. We're going to get into a lot of NFL conversation a little bit later in the show. We're going to make our picks for week one, the wild card weekend. So there's a lot of games. Uh, so I think there's uh, altogether six. Six, six games. Six yep. games. Two Saturday, three Two. Sunday, and one on Monday night. That's right. So uh, it'll be fun. We'll, we'll go through our picks, and we'll see where we go. Uh, Jeff will be joining us as Jeff is on the leaderboard right now. He's in the leaderboard right now. Uh, he leads me by one game Still? throughout the season. Yeah, one game. So that means you guys split. Yes, we split last week. Yes. Yeah. He survived on his, With the Cowboys. his Dallas Cowboys. Yes. Beating the Eagles. And I picked oh, over They didn't beat the Eagles. They humiliated the Eagles. Yes, they did. That was one of the reasons why the Eagles didn't play any of their defensive players, or at least their top defensive players. But anyways. Stark um, says, hmm, not as much Islanders conversation this season. Mm. And Jeff says, let's hope Tyler is the next Bob Saget. <laughs> I hope so, too. I really do. Uh, Jeff, Where's the cocaine? Uh, <laughs> Jeff, do you think that he looks like Bob Saget? Or do you think Bob Saget was more attractive than, obviously, no. Tyler, a.k.a. Muffle Harrison? I'm just asking. No, I mean, you well, know, you, you know probably, something's crazy about the No, I, I really believe that he probably thinks that you're a better-looking guy than Bob Saget. Well, no. First of all, even if he does think that, I, he's not going to admit that because it's me. B, I don't think any straight man should ever admit that. Well, hold on C. one second. What? If you're if you're aware of your sexuality, it wouldn't no, matter. no, I don't. I admit when guys are good looking all the time, but it's not like you're comparing Brad Pitt and fucking. Uh... You're Tyler A.K. Mothball Harrison. You're Why has his... it got to be Mothball? Uh, you, you he mean... got drizzle. I got Mothball. Uh, I like Mothball. It, why is it because when he drizzles and when he drinks and the and the thing comes down his lip like that's not nice. How about hamburger helper? Oh fuck. <laughs> I gotta deal with this guy all week. No, no, I don't know if I'm gonna. No, make... Eric is not tonight. He ordered a burger, so, <laughs> so you don't. Like... Eric's actually not bad. Eric's and, actually a yeah, funny guy. Yeah, because he's like you, annoying, two annoying people. But what does that say? If we're all around you, what does that mean about you? Hold on, what's you're that the magnet for it. I, uh... <laughs> You are. I, You're the mess. And you bring around the beef. That's all I need to know What's about people wrong? like Wait, well, Hold on one second. What's wrong with the beef? <laughs> What's wrong with the beef? What's right with the beef? I mean, this Wait, Hold on. Wait, hold on. In all seriousness, I like the beef. The beef, the beef. the beef. Like, yeah, he says some stupid shit, but, like, everyone says stupid shit. It's just, it's just so funny how, like, I don't know. He's the beef. 
Yeah, that's good. And by the way, uh, Snug says, how about Errol Fruity Pebbles Mark? I love Fruity Pebbles, so you can call me Fruity Pebbles. I wouldn't mind that name whatsoever. But no, it's just funny because he's Big Easy, Big E. There uh, it is. There it is. <laughs> you give me those rationale names. No, you I, give. No, hold on. I'm not giving you those names. I'm repeating names you give yourself. I don't give those names to myself. That's what people no, give wait. me. <laughs> no, I've never heard anyone. Why is there always something leaking out of your mouth? What? There is something always leaking out of oh, your mouth. Well, that, sorry. I, I don't understand it. But anyways. I have too um, much saliva in my mouth at all. Well, it, it seems like you do. Uh, no, are, I do. Are, are you drinking enough water every single day, or are you just dehydrating? And you, you have to spit it is out. Is there water here? There is water here. Carl says, Tyler Grubhub hands Harrison. Mm, oh, I, I oh. like that. I, a Grubhub. I like that. Yeah? Yeah. I, I got like something that. for you to Grubhub. Oh, well, you do like Grubhubbing. I don't like Grubhubbing. I don't Grubhub anything. So you hub the Grub. Is that what you like to do? I don't, I don't know what hubbing the grub would be, but uh, sure. <laughs> because I, I'm afraid with anything like this with you, because there's always a double entendre. I'm thing. lost with anything that comes out. I of know your mouth, you're Tyler. lost. We're I, trying to find you. Well, still. again, with those ears, you know, it looks. Why like the ears? But Why they're flapping. Why? Maybe you should stick them under the hat. I think it would look better. I really think it would. I think that yes, there you go. It no, perfect. because oh, it, it hurts. Well, no, because well, fuck what? you. I know they're two different sizes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, we'll, we'll get into the whole Cam Reddish thing in just a few moments. Who's that? Uh, you know who Cam Reddish is. Uh, we'll get into uh, all the football conversation because this show is going to be mainly NFL football, our picks. Where do we go this weekend in some of the some of the teams, the Patriots versus the Buffalo Bills? I think it could That's be a, a very, shame. That'll be a really That's fun a game shame. to watch. It's an av- the oh, the fact that the Los Angeles chart. Oh, sorry, the. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers screwed up a really good first-round matchup for us is a joke. An absolute joke. Isn't that a shame? <laughs> uh, awful. Uh, awful. The Patriots and Bills would have had Now you see deep. why I say all those things. <laughs> They're not. That was, that's not the, on the players. The coach made a stupid decision. We'll get into the football conversation. Moron. So we, we, again, we'll have our guest in just a few moments. So why don't we get into the Cam Reddish and it's so funny because I heard Cam Reddish was traded. I was listening to one of the radio stations out here on, on Long Island. It popped up that Cam Reddish was traded to uh, the New York Knicks. I didn't know the trade aspect. Then all of a sudden I get a call from Jeff, and Jeff tells me, oh, I think the Knicks made a sensational trade. It's a great trade for the Knicks. And I said, oh, what, 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 what really stood out in the trade that you really liked? He said, the Knicks didn't trade anything. They gave up a first-round no. draft pick that they got from the Hornets, which probably isn't a, ro- a lottery pick anymore because they're making the playoffs. It's probably a 17th or 18th pick. Uh, you also gave up Kevin Knox, who really hasn't been part of He's the rotation. played 13 games. Yeah, he hasn't really been a part of the rotation. And, and, and what they got, they got a second-round pick. They got Cam Reddish, who only plays 20-some-odd minutes, 22, 23 minutes a game Sharp over shooter. Atlanta. He shoots almost 39% at the three-point line, field goal percentage 40, averages 11.9 points. Great he, free-throw shooter. He's good friends with R.J. Barrett. Maybe this— That's that's the thing. And, and here's another thing. It might draw somebody else to come over there and play with the Knicks, and that could be— you know who we're talking about, Williamson. So it, it, it it's oh, all could. That's, this he'll be c- traded sometime soon. Well, I, I believe that too. I, I don't. I do not believe the Pelicans have no idea what he's doing. 
I, I, nobody knows what he has any idea of doing. I think why he's in Portland right now. <laughs> why? I think he's purposely sitting out. He doesn't want to play for the Pelicans. I, I absolutely believe he's I mean, ready to get back. Maybe on the he's court. tampering with Damian Lillard on maybe where they're going to go. Maybe uh, he's. Don't you know what though? Don't, I wouldn't. That, doubt that. That's a joke. But like, you might not be wrong. That, I, that, I wouldn't doubt it's it. It's the NBA players. They tamper with each other more than you think. But oh you, no, they have phone calls all the time. Draymond Green had a freaking meeting with LA. On why Anthony Davis shouldn't be a Laker. Like, what? Well, when you think of Cam Reddish, if you don't remember him, you remember him with Duke, and you remember how great of a shooter he was. A lot of people thought he was going to be the better of the three going into the draft. He fell to Atlanta. I think Atlanta was drafted eight, him at eight. Eight, yeah. eight or mm-hmm. nine, I was going to say. Mm-hmm. So... What he has done so far in the NBA, we really don't know what type of player he is because he barely has played. Uh, You haven't even mentioned his best best skill set. And and Hold on. Atlanta, over the last couple of years, all their draft picks, they've been bringing in twos and threes, and that's where Cam Reddish really falls and and falls. And I'm wondering where the Knicks put him, knowing that R.J. Barrett has been playing the two when he comes on the court. Maybe they move R.J. to the three and move Cam to the two, but... I mean, his skill set, he's a great ball handler. He really is. You could actually play the point in some aspects of the game. Now, uh, he's a great shooter. He really is. Uh, Like I said, a 39, 40% three-point shooter. Last year, uh, he killed the Knicks in the playoffs. Absolutely killed them. And, and, And to me, the Knicks didn't have to give up anything for Cam Reddish. So if Cam Reddish actually... actually turns out to be a guy that could give you 20, 22, and... You know, seven and six. Uh, you're you're talking about a player that's a borderline all star. Now, I don't know if Cam Reddish is going to be an all star, but being that he's 21, 22 years old, we don't know what he is or what he's going to be in the future. Is he better than Kevin Knox? He absolutely is better than Kevin Knox. Is he better than probably the pick that they would would have gotten from the Hornets if it wasn't a lottery pick? I don't know. But again, that's a safe bet. Uh, it, to me. Cam Reddish is a lottery pick that really didn't get his chance in Atlanta. So what we saw with Cam Reddish in the big game against the Knicks, he killed the Knicks in the playoffs. He was him and Young and uh, what's the Quarter, other kid? Collins Quarter, Quarter Co- too. and Collins <laughs> yeah. killed them in that in in that series. And I think adding Cam Reddish, a guy that can shoot open threes, hit open threes, even when you're sticking you stick him at the point. I think he's a quality player who could turn into a very big piece, Petey. Yeah, the other one, too, the the Hawks' wing depth is Bogdanovich, too, emerging the way he did last season. Really said, all right, you're going to be stashed behind in this. So the Hawks really didn't have a choice at this point. Either you had to play him more to try to get out of the funk they're in because they, after their their eight-game winning streak, they haven't played well either. So they either had to either play him more or he was going to have to be traded. And there were a lot of teams that were interested. And it wasn't just the Knicks. There were a lot of Western Conference teams that were interested in him too. I was hearing. I was hearing the Jazz. I was hearing the Grizzlies were interested in him. Don't be surprised the Lakers tried to get him. Uh, I, yeah, maybe uh, to get an affordable player. Yeah, <laughs> is Atlanta trying to move players now? Uh, do they um, really? Do they yeah. really don't believe that they're a playoff contending team this year? Uh, this is a team that went they'll to the Eastern the Conference Championship last year. They'll make the playoffs. Uh, oh, they'll make the play round thing. I don't know. Uh, they don't look good. I, I mean, young you think has, the Wizards are going to keep doing what they're doing? I do. I, uh-huh. I really do. I, I really think the Wizards are a good team. They have some good young players, and they're playing team basketball. And Bradley Beal is playing Bradley Beal and Spencer Dinwiddie are playing play phenomenal basketball. Dinwiddie is going to be traded. 
I believe uh, Dinwiddie will no. be traded. Then Absolutely. If you trade him, then you're they only gave him a one year deal, and right now Dinwiddie's playing great basketball. He's Why not a, move him? He's playing phenomenal. Why not move him? Because you can get a lot back for him if if a playoff team needs a point guard or a guard. Well, I'm sorry. Why not sign him? You need to keep Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's staying there. They're they're going to give. I, they're going to extend Bradley Beal. I don't think I, he has any thoughts of leaving uh, Washington anymore. He's getting a max from everybody, right? We yeah. can all yes. agree. The, yes. It's not. It, it, I mean, the extra year to Bradley Beal is not going to mean anything. He wants to win. You trade. You traded John Wall. And by the way, Jeff says, "Remember when Kevin Knox was going to be an All Star?" Uh, believe it or not, Jeff, you're the one that loved Kevin Knox. Don't, don't even get started. And that was not me, don't, Jeff, ever. I did not like the draft pick And don't the time. get started with Kevin Knox because you're the one that loved Didn't Kevin, Kevin Knox. did Kevin Knox get booed? No. That was Didn't Julius they boo the, no, 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 no. That was I mean, when they dra- No, I know Kristaps got booed, too, but I thought Knox got booed. I don't that think draft so. pick got booed, too. I don't remember that. Anyway, the thing about Cam Reddish is he's a Tom Thibodeau type dude. He's phenomenal on the defensive end of the floor. No one said it yet. And here's the other thing. It's going to help Julius Randle a shit ton. That's 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 the caveat. I think Julius Randle's on his way out. I think there's um, so much going on right now. He's what played he said, too bad to trade. Actually, no. He's averaging he's, close to 20 points. He's giving. No, he's getting he's, eight. His numbers look fine. Yeah. Trust me, he's having a bad year for him. I still think you can move him. You can still his contract is absolutely open for a lot of teams. The Knicks are going to have to match that contract with somebody else. But again, 116 million for the next four years—that is a, an affordable contract for a lot of teams. Uh, Speedy, what did I tell you when we were driving in the car? Demontis Sabonis. Sabonis would be, would be Sabonis right now makes almost the same amount of money is is Julius Randle. He's a better team player. He does a little bit more on the boards than obviously Julius Randle does. I think he would be better the perfect shooter. match, a better fit for the New York Knicks. And he also plays good defense, too. So, uh, Sabonis is available. There is conversation that they're going to move him. Indiana uh, Indiana is going to move him. Why not trade Julius Randle for uh, Sabonis? Head, heads up. I, I, think it, I, I think it's a good trade. It, it would be a good trade. The only thing is I think Indianapolis is going to package Levert and um, who's the other guy they want to move? Um Who's another big player they have? It's the bon- Miles Turner. Turner. Turner Miles yeah. Turner. Miles Turner is probably going to go alone, but they're going to package two of the three of them together. So- I don't do it. First of all. First of all, Carl and Jeff, I don't deny anything. It's Jeff that denies everything. Jeff can never tell the truth when he he says something and he can't admit it. Okay, when he said it. And by the way, he loved Kevin Knox. I didn't love Kevin Knox like Jeff loved Kevin Knox. Because Kevin Knox, Speedy, am I right or wrong? No, the main basher of Kevin Knox was me at the time. But didn't Jeff love Kevin Jeff Knox? Jeff loved him, and Vinny Rubo loved him mm. at the time. So don't get me started about Jeff, who stood, stood there and said, I think he's going to be a great player. Uh, did I say he could be an All-Star? I said, I won't be surprised if he actually goes to an All-Star game. I did say that, but I wasn't the one that said I loved him, okay? So, I think, I think uh, Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Guido loved him, too. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, Guido did. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, Guido Probably. loves anybody that uh, it plays for his teams or plays for teams that he likes. Uh, Josh he's says, trade Mitchell Nobody Robinson. Nobody likes and... the Knicks. He, he's not a Knicks fan. He's a Cleveland fan, and he's a LeBron fan. He's a LeBron he, fan. But he's, he, LeBron. Not, he's, not, he's not Cleveland. <laughs> he rooted for the Knicks. He liked the Knicks. He uh, never hated the Knicks. Uh, I remember talking to him. He said he never hated the Knicks. Oh. Josh said, trade Mitchell Robinson and try to get Miles Turner. No. No, you, I, Mitchell Robinson. I don't think the Knicks should trade Mitchell Robinson. No, I don't think they're going to trade Mitchell Robinson. I, I'm, I'm definitely believing that Julius Randle is going to be 
on the trade spread. I, I, but, I, not trade block. Now, here, They're going to put him out there and see what yeah. happens. Here, here's the only thing I'd say about be careful about trading Julius Randle, right? Because if you trade Julius Randle for obviously, but, hold on, I'm sorry. Obviously, Carl Knox isn't going to be a star anymore. He was traded unless somebody figures no, him out. Don't say that. He's 23 years old. I, I don't. He can turn I, it around. I don't think so. I, I, he doesn't. He doesn't shoot well, and he's not a very. He's not a very uh, good shoot, three point shooter. Yes. In Westbrook league. can't shoot. He's made how many All Star? He's games? not Russell Westbrook. He no, I, I know. He can't move. The only the team ball that might the he might the only team that would give him a shot if he was an All Star on he was on their team is maybe Miami, but that's really it. Well, Miami's only what a three seed. Go ahead, Tyler. What were you going to say? I completely forgot. Um, okay, so, so Speedy, getting back in because we can't leave dead air if you don't. Really I was, 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 was going to read the I next comment. I was going to read the next comment. Josh says Turner is really good defensively, unlike spreads the floor, and he's healthy, unlike Robinson. I I would listen. Is Turner better than Robinson? He is. Turner is a borderline all star. I, I think he made an all star game. Yeah, one year, he didn't did. He? Yes, he did. So. I, and Robinson has it. And Robinson can't stay on the court that long. This guy's been fighting injury after injury after injury every single year. So, again, going back and forth to thinking that Mitchell Robinson wouldn't be worth Turner, he would be. I don't think Indiana would trade Turner for, uh, heads, up, heads up for right. for Mitchell Robinson. No, but I don't think it would be a fair trade. I think the Pacers are looking for more offense, maybe a point guard, maybe a, a sh- I, But I don't think they're going to trade both Turners and Sabonis. Well, maybe not, but they're exploring both options. Malcolm, Bro- I think Brogdon's going to be there for the next few years, so they're not going to just right, leave Malcolm he, Brogdon. He's to another be there one that's had trouble staying healthy, though. Well, so, yeah, so. he's a. I think he's going to get Achilles surgery soon, but yeah, that's fine. I think Cam Reddish fits what the Knicks are doing. He's a good perimeter defender. That's something like you were saying, Tyler. Tom Thibodeau loves. Uh, he's a good shooter. Uh, he, if they actually pass the ball around the perimeter, a.k.a. Julius Randle, if he doesn't touch the ball. Since R.J. Barrett has become the number one guy, R.J. Barrett has been moving the ball a little bit better on the perimeter. They have been passing the ball a little bit better on the perimeter. I and now we're seeing, we're seeing the development of a guy like R.J. Barrett. I really like R.J. I didn't know what R.J. was going into this season. I think slowly but surely the last two weeks – we could see that R.J. Barrett could be the number one of this team in the future. Now, I know he's going to be the best player out of that draft. He could be. Now, a lot of people also like Cam Reddish. Now, you add another Dookie to that team, maybe a Zion Williamson to that <laughs> team, and, and you bring in a good point guard, a, a talented point guard that can move the ball around. Average the point guard. You, I, honestly, though, if you went – hold on. If you got Cam, R.J., and you bring in a guy like Zion, even a guy like Ricky Rubio can point guard that team. Because he's a good shooter. Yeah, a well, no, injury. he's actually a terrible yeah, he shooter. He just had a big injury. But he's, a, he's, but he's going to be cheap. Okay. He's, he's going to be cheap, and uh, he's uh, one of the best four generals in basketball. I wouldn't trust that as the only option, though. Well, uh, what are you talking about? Rubio. Rubio. He, uh, he was guy playing well like before Rubio. his injury, but I guess. Rubio, Rondo, somebody like yeah, that. Rondo, yeah, Rondo, Rondo might not be. Do you know how many yet. years the Knicks were thinking about bringing Rubio in and they never did? Uh, basically every year after his rookie I, year. I don't want Rubio. I really don't. But somebody what, like him is what I'm and saying. I, listen, no, I, I, I was never a fan of Ruby. I, I, I never, that. I never but liked. I'm Ruby. Just, I just said the name to give you a skill set. No, I, I understand what you're saying. I think pure they, point guard. Yeah, they need a pure point guard that can move the ball and give the ball in open seams and open places where they can shoot. Because this Kemba shots. experiment's just a joke. Well, it, it's not a joke. It's just Kemba Walker is not the same player he once was, and that's a 
And to me, I love Kemba. He's one of my favorite players. He's been my favorite player in the league. It's a shame that really he's not the same player since his knee injury and since his ankle problems. But he's not. Now, if he could still play in this league, he still could play on a good team and give you 12, 13 points off the bench and be a big oh, asset. Oh, I thought you were going to say minutes. No, he'd be a big asset off the bench for another team as a second point guard. I just don't think he fits. Miami. The, I don't think he fits the New York Knicks. Now, when you look at where the Knicks are, the Knicks aren't a playoff, a, a superstar playoff team. They are a borderline playoff team right now. They do have a lot of deficiencies. Tom Thibodeau, as, as we've seen over the last couple of years, different teams that he's coached, has worn out his young players, and they're not the same players in the second half of the season. Julius Randle, he loves Julius Randle's skill set. I don't. I think Julius Randle, even though he took... He, he actually signed with the Knicks for $116 million. If you look at the Knicks and the position that the Knicks are with Julius Randle, you can move Julius Randle and his contract. It's affordable for a player like Sabonis where you're getting exactly what you need from a power forward slash. You could actually move Sabonis as your, your five, too. I mean, you, you could play small and put Sabonis as your five. He's a good defender. You get your rim protector. You get your rebounder. You get a guy that can shoot. Anywhere between 16, 17, and even shoot. You giving up Grimes? What happened? You giving up Grimes? For Sabonis? Yeah. Well, if they're trading Julius Randle, heads up for Sabonis, that's a fair trade. Why would you trade Grimes? They weren't trading I... Grimes for Cam Reddish. Did you hear about that? They were going to – Atlanta wanted Grimes for Cam Reddish heads up. You know, heads up. Mm-hmm. Right. And they weren't going to do that. They're not trading Grimes. Carl says, so Knox will or not be an all-star Errol. Josh says, Turner is really good defensively. Uh, Jeff will say... Listen, Carl's just trying to start a fight or argue with me on this. I I don't really care what he's trying to do or trying to be a smartass. Uh, He could do whatever the hell he wants. He could say whatever he wants. He could talk about about Mitchell Chabitsky and all that other stuff. I I still... Yeah, because yeah, yesterday he commented about Trubisky right now too. So Errol gives up a Knox, but can't give up a Trubisky. I know why. I, I read it, Speedy. You don't have to read it over again. And you and your stupid giggle. Okay. What? What? what, what the fuck brought up Mitch Trubisky? It's it, Carl. Because Carl, Carl is a Chicago Bears fan, and I think oh. they gave up on Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, he's twenty three years old. So no, yeah, he's not. He's, we, we actually looked at his age. He's twenty seven. He's twenty seven. Really? Yes. Yes. Jesus. He's twenty seventeen draft. When they got rid of him, he was twenty five. So. Uh, to me, he's still fairly young, and he still could play in this league. He's incredible. So. Jeff says Lillard, Beal, and Zion to Nixon free agency. Hashtag I love NY. Carl says to get John Shire to take over for Tibbs. Jeff says LeBron always wanted to be a Nick. I think John Shire's going to do great with Duke, so I, I don't know why people keep I don't like even him. Errol doesn't like it. I, I, I don't, don't like get him. it. Josh says LeBron is coming here when he's He'll 42. be there for three years, and he'll lose his job. I'm telling you right now. Josh says LeBron is coming know. here when he's 40. I don't see that. Jeff says can't wait for Chris Paul, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson to all opt out of their contracts and play for the Knicks. Carl says and obviously Curry is to a pure fair, point guard in that group. Ha-ha. To be fair, Steph Curry did want to get drafted by the Knicks. And it pains me to say that because he's my favorite player. But like he did, he did want to get drafted by the Knicks. Who cares? I mean, he's not a Nick. He's a Golden State Warrior, and thank God, because I, I don't want him doing that stupid, selfish stuff on the court like he's done with the Golden State Warriors. Why would I want somebody to embarrass... He's, he would have changed the culture of this whole freaking organization. In, in, in a lot of ways, we don't know if that Steph Curry would be the Steph Curry in New York. So, as good as Steph Curry is in Golden State, how do we know that he would have developed into the player he is right now with the Golden State Warriors? Because he wouldn't have worked less hard. I, you don't know that. Again, we can make an assumption, but that doesn't mean that that's, that's the way it's going to fall and that's the way the cookie crumbles. 
Jeff but says Carl Anthony Towns to the Knicks. That, no. that actually that actually might happen. I think he's going to go to the Celtics. Honestly, Carl the Anthony Celt- Towns wants out in the worst possible. I, he way. does, but yes. I think he's more he's more of a Celtics. You know, because they're trying to trade either Tatum or Jalen Brown, and it looks like it's Jalen Brown that they want to move. They want to keep. Tatum. I wouldn't trade either one of those guys, but they are. They're going to trade one or the other. That, that's what I've been reading. I would trade Robert Williams, and I would just give them a a big and let Tatum bring up the ball. Honestly, uh, Carl, to answer point. your question. Uh, one of our guests last week did mention that the Knicks tried to go after DeRozan too, but they went. They didn't want to give him. They the went with ext- Fournier instead. No, they didn't want to give him the 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 extension of money right. that he was going to right. want. That was that was the reason why they didn't get DeRozan. But uh, did they make a mistake with DeRozan? Absolutely, they should have taken DeRozan. Well, um, that's but, in hindsight. I would have. I also would have said Fournier would have been the better move at the time. Yeah. Contract wise, DeRozan wanted megastar money. I said that and this is the too. one year yeah. that he actually has been a MVP like guy. I he's said that at the time too. Yeah. I was wrong. He's played great, but he hasn't played well. DeRozan, if you watch him against the good teams, he's had problems against the good teams. So. It, it, uh, again, I like what DeRozan has done. I like what we've seen so far with the Chicago Bulls. They played the Nets last night, and they got embarrassed on their court. They got embarrassed on their court. I mean, I, it was a, it was. They got embarrassed, man. I mean, honestly, Kevin Durant, when he wanted to take over, he took over that game. They could not. Well, stop Kevin him. Durant's the best player on the planet right now. So yeah, that's not saying much. Yeah, but uh, here's the thing: they're a team defensive team. You have. Uh, it don't matter. You can't guard Billy Kevin Donovan, Durant. Billy Donovan is a defensive-minded coach. He oh. believes in team defense. They could not stop anybody. That's... They couldn't stop a, a, a s'more going into a basketball hoop. <laughs> you could have. I mean, right I... into your mouth. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> to, well, put, to, put it in perspe- what she to, to put it into perspective before we get our guest on, <laughs> the Nets got 20 points and 7 rebounds from Dayron Sharp. <laughs> Yeah, it, it but wasn't. hold on, that's not fair either. A lot of these G League guys are getting ten day contracts, mm-hmm. are playing their asses off. Maybe no, I know. I'm just saying it's the like, no. Look but good everyone's like, who's DeAndre Sharp? Like, who's the other guy that the, the they brought up and now he's got a full time job with them, Bob Deirdre, Beardre, uh, Dudra, Deirdre. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. European one of the European guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Carl says, yeah, close for close for three quarters, and then the Nets go on a 42 to eight run. Mm. Yeah, that's not a good way to close. Thank so. you, everybody, for not picking up Kyrie in my fantasy league. Thank you. Mm. Love you all. Mm. No, Idiots. good for them. Anyways, when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking to Dean of Knicks Film School. His name's Dean? No, the Dean of the Knicks Film School. There's, oh. a, there's a film school for the Knicks. Oh, that must be boring. Jonathan Macri here on the Sports Lab Mouse. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is the Sports Loudmouths. I'm your host, Daryl Marks. My co-host, Speedy Drizzle Petey. And on the other side, the other co-host, Tyler Hamburger Helper Harrison. What, what's wrong with the Hamburger Helper? Why does everyone get... You know what? I like Hamburger Helper. You don't like Hamburger Helper? You didn't call yourself Hamburger Helper. No, I like that name for you. I don't <laughs> want my name to be for me. <laughs> 631 You guys are bullies. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We have one guest on tonight. 
and Speedy got a Nick guy, and why not? Because the Knicks made the only basketball trade today. They land Cam Reddish. We are now talking to the dean of Knicks Film School, Jonathan Macri. What's going on, John? What's up, guys? How you doing? We are good, man. I mean, we have the uh, hamburger helper, and we have Drizzle in the studio, so... I mean, when you have a drizz and you need a little hamburger helper, you can go to these guys. They'll feed you and give you a really good time. So that, that's a good thing. Unlike Julius Randle, of course, with his thumbs up or say, thumbs down. I was going to say, you think this down, guy's really a Knicks know? fan? <laughs> Jesus, Lord. How are you? So, well, first of all, how did you become the dean of the Knicks Film School? Obviously, it's a, a website. And what, what do you do as the dean of the Knicks Film School? Um, a little bit of everything, I guess. Uh, it's a newsletter. It's a, it's a podcast, YouTube channel. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. giving content to Nick fans who, uh, don't necessarily want to go the traditional route of reading the, the old, same old beat writers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, most of whom are amazing. So, uh, yeah, but you know, it's just, it's a Nick fan analyzing the Knicks. Now listen, John, not much. This more is it. not a show to kiss anybody's butt now. So if, I thought that was very humbling. Uh, it is humbling, but this isn't a show. Uh, we have to. If you don't like somebody, you just say it. Okay. I can't I like stand you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I don't hide behind anything. That's for sure. No, anyway, don't get him. Started. As you guys know, we are talking to the dean of Knicks Film School, Jonathan Macri. So, John, why don't we get into the Knicks because uh, you are a Knicks specialist and you have the content to really. Pizzazz us, okay? Um, Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish. When you heard that the Knicks made the move to land Cam Reddish for Kevin Knox, uh, the first-round draft pick that they got from the Hornets, and uh, they got a second round, and they got uh, – who's the other guy? Um, oh, uh, Solomon so- Hill. Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill. He'll, be, he'll be waived in short order. I Absolutely. Imagine. What did you think when the Knicks landed Cam Reddish? Was there anything that stood out to you on why you believe Cam Reddish is now a New York Knick? Um, I think he's probably a dick because the uh, demand for him and his services around the league it was probably pretty low. Uh, I mean, as you could tell from what New York gave up, or I guess more accurately, what New York did not give up, um, there wasn't a whole lot of demand around the NBA for a guy who, you know, clearly very talented, high pedigree, you know, number three recruit in the country uh, going into Duke, still went, you know, 10th in the draft, even though he didn't have a very good freshman year. Um you know, it, it's like the talent is there, but on court, uh, it just it hasn't it hasn't been great. Um, aside from the fact that he's been somewhat injury prone, you only know, played in I think it was twenty some odd games last season. Uh, you know, I don't know if you guys are into like advanced stats, but he is has been the worst guy by on off differential on the the Hawks for each of the last two seasons. Um, you know, the shooting numbers have been a little bit better this year. But he's a guy that's more, you know, he, he shows flashes of potential, but as an actualized basketball player, it's not there yet. Now, he's still young. He's only 22 years old. He could get better. Um, it's just interesting to me that there were 28 other teams around the league who felt that it was not worth it to them to see whether he could get better there. I still think it's a good deal for the Knicks. I'm surprised they got him for as little as they did, uh, despite what I just said. 
Um, you know, it's going to be interesting, though, because there's already some mouths to feed on this roster, and I think there's going to still be some mouths to feed. Or now there's an extra mouth to feed now that he's here. Well, now that you have Julius Randle, I mean, uh, he, he's got a big mouth to feed, especially after the games. And with, uh, you know, before the games, he's got a lot to say, too. So uh, I'm sure he's not very excited at, at Cam Reddish because it, it, it keeps the ball out of his hands, and he loves it in his hands because he's a hungry, hungry hippo. Go ahead, Speedy. So I was going to ask, in terms of the role that you think Cameron Reddish is going to have, both short-term and long-term, always thought of as more of a 3-and-D guy, was very good at that role, playing at Duke. He was not great in certain tournament games in that NCAA tournament run. There was actually one I remember I thought I wanted him to get benched. I thought it would be better, but Duke ended up still winning anyway. Um, What kind of role do you see him with the Knicks, like just getting there right away and also in the future if they do extend him? Yeah, I mean, I think that's – that's the biggest question right now because, uh, like I said, he's clearly a talented player, but he's also someone that in high school, the reason he was the number one, number three recruit in the country is because he was a hell of a lot more than a three and D guy. Um, he kind of fit into that role a little bit more at Duke. And then since Atlanta drafted him, that's all they've asked him to do is, you know, a lot of the time go, go stand in the corner and wait for Trey Young to kind of deliver the ball to you. Now he's been in that limited capacity of his role this year he's actually been pretty good he's shooting I think like 48 percent from the corners this year which is excellent um but if you believe the reports out of Atlanta part of the reason he wanted out of there and allegedly demanded a trade in the offseason is because he he wanted to do more he wanted to you know whether it's be more of a pick and roll ball handler or just just get more time where you know maybe not on the court with Trey Young who's always running the show so I think it's gonna be really interesting here because you figure he's not gonna start um, New York has RJ Barrett and Evan Fournier, uh, who they start for different reasons and are, I think deserve to start. So if he's coming off the bench and he's playing alongside guys like Emmanuel quickly, maybe Alec Burks, depending on what the Knicks want to do when Kemba Walker comes back, like, is there going to be an avenue for him to explore more of the on ball responsibilities that he seems to want? I, I don't know. Um, I know that Tom Thibodeau just cares about one thing, winning basketball games. He is not interested in your concerns as an individual player for your own development you know he just wants to be good and if cam isn't good enough to to warrant those possessions i i can't imagine tibbs is going to willingly you know give into that but you never know i mean again i'll go back to it one more time he's talented so there's a chance he comes here and like the light goes on and the stuff he wasn't that efficient doing in atlanta he's more efficient doing here i'm curious to see it again the cost is cheap enough that it's worth finding out so uh couple of things because you you actually just made have made a very interesting comment to me so Tom Thibodeau also is very known to be a defensive guy and Cam Reddish defensively is light years better than Evan Fournier um, <laughs> I, I think actually Evan Fournier and the starting rotation for the Knicks hurts them tremendously but do you think Cam Reddish is going to work his way to get minutes from Tom Thibodeau so the interesting thing to me is why this trade could either go either way for the Knicks is because is Tom Thibodeau going to actually give this young kid a chance? Or is he going to hold him back like he does the other young Nick kids and let the veterans play instead? Because the only guy that truly gets the caliber minutes on this Nick team right now is Julius Randle. Everyone else is a night-by-night basis depending on how they're playing. Do you see? Well, it's not really true. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Randle gets a ton of minutes, and he gets a lot of shots. Um, but RJ's kind of taking a step up. If you look back over the Knicks, I think it's – going 12 or 15 games, RJ's actually averaging more shots um, than Julius. They've kind of been turning over the offense a little bit more to him of late. Um, you know, and I, I, there's definitely a perception that Tibbs doesn't like to play the kids. 
I'm not sure how fair that is. Emmanuel quickly has been getting a ton of minutes this year. Um, Quentin Grimes was their first round draft pick. They took 25th overall. He's been getting a lot of minutes, um, you know, in games where, as you said, Evan Fournier hasn't looked so good. Um, you know, Grimes is getting the beneficiary of those. He's a guy who's, again, he's a rookie. Um, the only rookie who's really kind of not, I don't want to say he's been in the doghouse, but doesn't get a ton of time. And again, you reference Randall is Obi Toppin, the kid they drafted last year, plays power forward. Julius Randall plays power forward. It's not a great situation, uh, for him right now, but I don't think, you know, I don't think Reddish's age is going to be an issue. I think how well his defensive potential, um, can be actualized and how well he will actualize it for this team. I think that's, what's going to make the difference because like you said, Fournier has been a, a trash fire on defense in a lot of games this year. Um, and it's why Tibbs has gotten frustrated with him. Reddish has the potential to be a good defender. He hasn't always shown it this year. Um, and offensively, he's not nearly as efficient as Fournier. So uh, again, I think there's a, like, they're adding an imperfect player to a group of imperfect players. So like, where do you, you know, where, where, where does Tibbs go? I, I have no idea, but again, it's like the organization may have more of an interest in developing Cam Reddish. I'm not sure if Tom Thibodeau will share that interest. We'll find out soon enough though. We are talking to the Dean of Knicks film school, Jonathan Macri. Now, John, I, again, back to Julius Randle and this team this year, I mean, they were screaming. The fans were screaming MVP last year. He had a smile on his face. He says, I love playing here. I love playing for the fans. I, I love the New York Knicks fans. Then all of a sudden, the last couple of weeks, uh, the Knicks fans have not liked the way he's been playing. Obviously, he's not the same player he was last year. Uh, he's been hogging the ball. He's playing uh, Carmelo Anthony basketball when he's nowhere close to the player Carmelo Anthony was. Let's be honest. Okay, and and to me, we've seen more air balls, more bricks from a guys, a, a guy like Julius Randle than we saw last year. And I believe last year, when there was no crowd, he played the best basketball. When the the fans started getting in and started coming in watching the game, he wasn't the same player in the playoffs. When a, when the stadium was packed, he wasn't the same player. So, do you believe? Uh, with Julius Randle's play over the last couple of months, even from last year, the second half of the season when the fans were there, do you think it's a problem, uh, Julius Randle playing in front of all these fans and, and people booing him and getting on his nerves because he's not playing the game uh, that he was playing in the beginning of the the season last year? I mean, the, the booing has definitely gotten to him. Um, all you have to do is watch any press conference or see how he responded to the booing, you know, the other night with the whole thumbs down thing. Um I don't know about the whole the narrative that the, the like again this is a guy who put up albeit as a more of like a third option some pretty nice numbers his last year in LA and his only year in New Orleans. So it's not like we haven't seen him produce in front of fans before, but that that is a very different animal than producing in front of fans as the first option in Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. So and he, you know, he had a chance to do that in his first year here and I don't want to say he failed miserably. I think he started off terribly over the first 20 some odd games and then you know rebounded to have a decent end of that year over mm-hmm. the you know under uh mike miller after Fizdale got fired i i don't know i i think it, it's probably more to do with the fact that he tried to adjust his game to um accommodate kemba walker and evan fournier when they were signed because those are two other guys who like to have their ball in their hands and the one thing i'll say in julius's defense and god knows i've been very hard on him this year is I do think his intentions are in the right place. Like he 
is still trying to pass a lot. Uh, he it's led to some more turnovers than you'd like. The assists are down. Um, there are some bad shots because he does also try to like get himself going at the same time as trying to uh, accommodate others. I think what's bothered fans and what's bothered me at least is like the body language stuff, the extra efforts on defense that we saw last year. That he cries. I've never yeah. seen somebody cry as much. Oh, he, he complains a lot. Oh my he, god! He complains a lot. Oh my yeah. god! I mean, and and feed the ball to RJ. If RJ's the hot player, he's the better player on the court. Feed him the ball. Let him be the leader. He oh, hates man. it. He hates it that RJ Barrett is taking I over think, games. I, I, you know, we've, it's funny that's come up a couple times. Do we think it gets under Julius's skin that RJ gets, you know, chance his name chanted at the Garden, whereas Julius is kind of like persona non grata at the moment. After last year, I, maybe, I mean, he's, he's only human at the same time. Those two do seem to have a pretty good relationship. Um, and you see them kind of picking each other up a lot. You know, that said, Julius, I think wants to be recognized for what he brings to the team. And he, that's, that's the thing of it is for as, as frustrating as he has been this year, you know, they need him because there's nobody else on this team that draws two to the ball. Even RJ, when he's going, it, he still hasn't quite developed that ability, you know, to really draw a second defender consistently. He's working on it. It's getting better. But he's only 21 years old. Like, Julius Randle could draw a second defender more possessions than not. They need him in there. They just need him to, you know, be better than than he's been. So I want to go back to the Reddish trade. A lot of people are thinking this could be a, a draw for Zion Williamson, either in a trade or in free agency. He wanted to be drafted by the Knicks in the lottery at the time. The Pelicans obviously won the lottery. Do you think this could be a draw? And would you want him, even with the injury issues he's endured and this, uh, these weak issues that people claim they have? I'm not really sure how much I buy that. But would you want him here if that was the case? I, I mean, yeah. Uh, he's <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's a... Uh... He's a franchise-changing talent if he could stay on the floor. In terms of, like, the weight stuff and the injury stuff, I, I have no idea. You know, it, it, it's – you look at pictures, he certainly looks like he has not uh, necessarily been keeping himself in peak physical condition. Uh, will that change if he goes to a new team? I have no idea. But, again, it all comes down to, like, what's the situation where they're getting Zion Williamson? He would need to essentially – go to New Orleans management and say, I am never playing another game for this franchise again. Well, hold on one second. Last year, his family and him at the end of the season said that he wants to be traded. It, it, there were stories coming out of yeah. New Orleans that he does not want to be there. He wants to be traded. He he doesn't want that extension. He wants to be traded before that extension. Well, I think, yes, there was reporting to that end at the same time. He did get up and put a smile on his face at, you know, media day this year and was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I want to be a Pelican. Now, whether he was lying through his teeth is another story altogether, but like, I, you know, there are different gradients of like how, how much does a player not want to be somewhere? I personally think he wants out and I think he is him and his family and his people and his handlers and whatever else are plotting ways for him to get out. As far as, is this why, is that why the Knicks did this trade? I, I'd be very surprised. Cause like there are, so many hurdles that still need to be cleared. He he needs to first of all, Zion needs to get back on the court, and then like you know, is he going to take the qualifying offer? Is he going to threaten to take the qualifying offer? And then there's a bidding war. Is he going to like demand? I only want to be traded to this one team or these two teams or whatever. Like I I don't know about that. They for right now the Knicks have to figure out mm -hmm. are they going to offer Cam Reddish an extension this season or the summer? Which based on what it, you know, it's kind of been uh, insinuated that he wants. I'm not. 
that's what's more interesting to me because he he apparently wants to be paid. Um, so and he hasn't done it on the court to warrant that yet. But that you know, we'll we'll find out in a few months, I guess. You actually just segued perfectly into my question. So obviously, this is a NBA is a land of big three teams now. L.A., Miami, uh, just go on and on. The Nets. uh, Brooklyn's a pretty good one, yeah. The Bulls. So (laughs) when you look at these teams, right, big three, that's what it is. I know Earl's going to snarl at this. Julius Randle's obviously going to be one of those three, and you hope and pray that R.J. Barrett will either become a one or become the two or whatever the case may be. This trade, the only resentment I have in this trade is that everyone was uh, kind of – uh, what's the word? Uh, anticipating. Anticipating that Kevin Knox was going to be part of a package to bring in a star at the deadline or whether it's Damian Lillard or uh, Zion's names being thrown around, whatever. And obviously Dante Sabonis and Indiana, Miles Turner. The, the, there's going to be guys to be had. Do you think the Knicks might have pulled the trigger a little too early with this Kevin Knox thing? If not, who do you think the Knicks get to bring it, the star here to New York? Well, I don't think Knox has any value. I think Knox is in this trade because he's a salary, and the salary matched up, and that's the only reason he's in it. Kevin Knox, look, I, I wish the kid the best. He he seems like a nice kid, comes from a good family, tries hard, really meant, like, did his best to improve his defense to get on the court. It didn't work. Um, I don't expect him to be in Atlanta's plans, and I don't think there was any I, – I mean, sure, could you have found someone in the league that was willing to give up, like, a low second-round pick to take a chance on him for the rest of this year? Maybe. Um, I don't like Nick fans will, will probably disagree with me on this. I don't think they have the pieces to get even one true, true, true star. Maybe if RJ Barrett keeps playing like this. Um, but then again, if RJ Barrett keeps playing like this, why do you want to treat him? Right. You know, for, for someone older. Um, I I think that that, all that being said, I still think the Knicks have a nice asset package if they want. And I think, Cam Reddish, he, so he he's that again. This is not a trade that's going to happen this year for a number of reasons, but like he can be part of that trade package because again, he's still on his rookie contract. They don't have to extend him this summer. They can let it go into restricted free agency. You know, between him, Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin, um, again Barrett. Although maybe he's a a core piece. We'll see. Uh, Quentin Grimes, who's the kid that Atlanta wanted that New York refused to give up on this trade, which I'm very happy about. Um, they have young talent, but they don't have any, again, maybe with the exception of Barrett, they don't have any top-end young talent. So if and when the, the time comes that there's a star that's available, I think between the players they have and the um, the picks that they have, because they have all their own picks and they have now one extra pick left in the Dallas pick, I think they'll be able to make that trade, but there's no star there's no star available right now other than Ben Simmons, which is a... You know, it's a complicated situation. I'm not sure how willing the Knicks are, are to mortgage the farm to get uh, Ben Simmons in here. Well, I, I will say this, uh, John. If, if you look at all the big trades over the years in the regular – and I have seen trades where you just – you you mask a lot of players for a particular player and you can get the player that you want. I not The Knicks got Carmelo Anthony and they didn't give up any superstars. They gave up five players. They didn't give up mm-hmm. superstars. So – I do believe that the Knicks have enough to get to, to put into a package, even an Obi Toppin, if they want to move him involved in the trade, where they can get another superstar there if they feel that they can, they they think that he fits uh, what they're looking for. Now, 
I, I don't know who that guy's going to be. It looks like Damian Lillard doesn't want to leave Portland. Well, who knows? Who knows? I think Damian Lillard wants to get paid. <laughs> yes, but who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, yeah. My last question for you is the fans. They they have a couple of questions to ask you. He uh, Carl says, ask him if he viewed the tape of Ewing getting the business from security. <laughs> he also says, better who's a better player, Julius Randle or Charles Oakley? Uh, I that's I don't know about I don't know about the Ewing thing. Uh, I love Patrick Ewing; he's the man. As far as Randall or Oakley, that's a great question. Um, who's the better player? Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to answer that. Oakley never had a season like Randall had last no. year, but he's not an offensive player, but he's a great defensive player. Charles, I mean, first of all, Charles, they have the same amount of All Star appearances to their resume. One, um, you know, Oakley made it ninety three, ninety four. Oakley's better. I mean, he has the track record. Oakley was I don't know what you want to say. Second best player, third best player on an NBA Finals team. He was a key cog on a number of teams that went deep in the playoffs. Sec- again, second or third best player. He was the heart and soul of a team for a, that, a decade. Um, it's Oakley, um, but I will say there is, you know, I, it does. It's not looking good for Julius Randle right now to 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 change that uh, ranking, but it's you know he's only twenty seven. Julius Randle, Julius Randle won't be a Nick very long. I'm telling you that right now. I, every, Maybe. I I just I see what's going on right now and. Uh, the fans are starting to get on him, and, and the organization's going to start getting on him because he's not the same player he once la- he was last year. And I- I'm telling you right now, if he doesn't start producing, and this team isn't an everyday uh, playoff team, I mean, every year playoff team, I and, and it looks like the Knicks are a borderline playoff team right now. They might not even make the playoffs, being that the East is so very close and so, you know, barged together. So, um, on, on, to me, where the Knicks are, everybody thought they were going to be in a better position adding Fournier and Kemba Walker, and it just hasn't happened this year. And who are they going to blame? The best player on the team, the guy that plays the most minutes. He's, he leads the league in the top three most minutes in the league. It's Julius Randle, and he is not producing what the Knicks thought he was going to produce this year. So he, I'm telling you right now, uh, Speedy, uh, I was talking to Speedy before before the show, and I think Sabonis is a guy that has been a, a name that's been brought up in trade rumors uh, for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I think Ju- Julius Randle for Sabonis, hand, hand, heads up. I think that's a great trade for the Knicks. You bring in a guy that can rebound, he can shoot perimeter shots, can do, and he's a great team player. And by the way, he plays defense, all around good defense. Uh, I think Sabonis for Julius Randle will be a great trade for the Knicks if it ever comes to fruition. Uh, I, I, you threw a lot out there. I think that would be an interesting swap. Uh, I think uh, certainly Sabonis has been the better player this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Randall was a better player last year. I, I it's not some a straight up swap is not something I necessarily see the Knicks doing. Um, but I, I will say this: I, I like if you would have asked me in the offseason whether I thought there was a possibility Julius Randall would get traded in the near future, I would have said no way. Now. I don't think he's getting traded before the deadline, but I think they'll if his if this season keeps going like it is, I think they'll absolutely, you know, explore mm-hmm. options uh, over the summer. Um, what those options may be, who wants Julius Randle, you know, as he's about to enter a new extension, I'm not I'm not quite as sure. I think that's a little bit trickier. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, it's New York, you know, guys don't stay for long for a reason. All right, one bold prediction for the Knicks for the remainder of the season. It could be trade deadline. It could be in the season games, whatever. And one bold prediction across the league in the NBA. Uh, my bold prediction for the Knicks, uh, I could go one of two directions here. 
Um, I think they'll make another trade. Uh, I, Turner, Miles Turner is a name that I've, I've, I've felt for, I've got actually a bit on and off. I initially, I thought there was a hundred percent chance, not a hundred percent chance, but a good chance that they would trade for him. Then I kind of backed off it. I'm in this like in between place right now. I think, I think Indiana wants to trade him. And I think Indiana will probably, I think Indiana is going to feel like this is the best opportunity they have to get the best value for Turner. Um, and I think the Knicks want Turner. So that would be my bold predict. I don't know if I'm predicting a Turner trade, but I think they'll make another trade. By the way, I just want to let you know, Julius Randle averages 19, 10.2, and 4.9 assists a game. To Sabonis is, I'm, I'm going to bring up his same, numbers. Same, same, pretty much identical numbers. Identical numbers. Averages. Identical numbers. They're uh, almost 19, 11.9, and 4.7. I mean, Wait. they're identical numbers. Well, Except check the, the, goal check the the percentages there. Well, well, uh, well Julius is average is, 57 is shooting it. Yeah, 57%, yeah, he, but he's also shooting yeah. more shots at the rim. Julius Randle is shooting more perimeter shots. That's the only reason why, but uh, their numbers are very similar. I think yeah. it would be a great heads-up trade for both teams. Both teams looking for different players to move forward uh with their organizations. I think it would be a great trade for both teams by the way. So I I'd be I'll say this, I, w- I would be surprised if Indiana did that deal. Um uh, and what was the other one? bold? Uh, bold well, across NBA the NBA, prediction. one bold prediction. Um, my bold prediction across the NBA is that the Dallas Mavericks. I, I, I've I've said this one before, but I'll say it again. I think the Dallas Mavericks will make it to uh, the Western Conference Finals this year. Wow, really? I have I don't have a ton of faith in the in the teams that are atop the West. Hmm. That would be my bold. NBA prediction. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Very interesting. Now, I mean, I get I guess he kind of stole my question here, but who in the East, obviously the New York Knicks don't look like they're going to go on a deep playoff run. Who are the two teams in the Eastern Conference? Well, actually, you just, who are your two conference finals games then? You already said you expect the Mavericks. So who's the other western team and who are going to go for the East? Um, in the East, I I think Brooklyn will figure out a way to make it to the conference finals as much as I, uh, it pains me to say that. And Milwaukee. Uh, I don't know. The only thing I don't know there is if the seeding is going to work out. Obviously Chicago is the number one seed. So it would create a similar situation to last year where Milwaukee and, and Brooklyn were the two, three. I, I still feel like it somehow it's going to be those two teams in the conference finals. And then in the West. Um, yeah. So I already said Dallas. I probably have the most faith in Man, it's it's tough because with injuries and like is Kawhi coming back? You know, Paul George. They're saying he's way ahead of schedule. Yeah, Jamal Jamal Murray. Like, there's all these guys. Paul like, George the, might be out for the season, by the way. So yeah, so what, like, what are those guys going to look like if and when they come back? We have no idea. Um, I would probably say Golden State. I, I've actually been a little more lukewarm on the Warriors than most people this year because they did start out with an incredibly easy schedule, and you're starting to see them come back down to earth uh, now. But give Clay a couple months. And get you know they have like the institutional memory there years and years and years between him Draymond, um, I think it, Wiggins fits in great with that team. And I I I'm not I don't know if they're gonna make a move, but they have a move in them if they want to make it because they have young players. They have Wiggins their picks. Could go. They, yeah, well, yeah, and but at the same time, Wiggins has been like fantastic defensively. Yeah, he, fantastic. he's not right, an all star. Clay, like, if Clay's back, then you're just giving him Clay's spot. 
No, you're not. You're moving Clay to the two, and he's moving to the three. Well, no, but I mean, perimeter-wise, Clay Thompson could be that top guy again defense. He might not be there, which is why they're going to keep Wiggins. But if Wiggins is somebody, if Wiggins and Wiseman gets you Sabonis, you're pulling the trigger on that. Carl also says, don't forget about Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole could go, too. I mean, at that point, he's just going to be a role player, Mm. a six-man. But no love for the Heat, huh? I think they're winning the East. I th- they could uh, it wouldn't well winning the East would would surprise me a bit. Um, I think they could find their way into the conference finals. I mm. think they're going to be um, a bear to deal with once they get healthy and everybody back. Hopefully for the for them for the playoffs. Mm. And honestly, I wouldn't even uh, I wouldn't rule out the Sixers. Um, oh, I God. you know we'll see what happens with Ben Simmons. I think they're going to trade him. I don't know who they're going to trade him for, but I think they're going to trade him and I think a they're going to get a pretty good deal. A bag of balls. At this point, I think if they get a first round pick, they should jump on it. Uh I think they're probably going to hold out for a little bit more than that, but uh I don't know, you know. how much more could you hold out for? You're lo- you're finding the guy by the day and he's still not coming. Yeah, that Daryl Morey's uh this isn't his first rodeo though. I think I think he'll he'll figure out a way to get something good for uh for Simmons. Yeah. We'll see. Well, uh, we really appreciate you joining us, John. Tell the fans how they can find you on social media. Look for me at uh, JC Macri NBA, and uh, there's links to, uh, like I said before, the Knicks Film School newsletter on Substack, Knicks Film School podcast, um, Knicks Film School YouTube channel, and uh, yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. We, we'll definitely get you on again. We really – back and forth banter. I love New York Nick conversation. We had a bunch of New York Nick guys, specialists on our show. We went back and forth with them. You, you're more knowledgeable in, in certain aspects of, of what we were talking about with the Knicks. But uh, we will definitely get you on again. We really appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a great night, all right? Absolutely. Uh, by the by, the way, we were just talking to the Dean of Knicks Film School, Jonathan Macri. Very, very nice kid. Uh, very good guy. Uh, knows his stuff, and uh, I will say this. Julius Randle will not be a Nick. He will not be a Nick after this year. Whatever happens with the Knicks, Julius Randle will not be a Nick. And by the way, for all the stuff that Carl says about the Islanders, the Islanders finally came back after two weeks, and they win another game. That's three games in a row, Carl, and they they have six games in hand with all the teams in front of them. So if they go on a run... They can absolutely catch up to the teams in front of them. So You're like I, 14 I, points behind Boston. Th- th- yeah, th- that's fine. And and with the with the Islanders and the games in hand that they have now, they're 14 points against uh, and and Boston's played four more games than them. So if, if listen, I I don't I I don't feel that the Islanders were v- treated right by the the NHL when they went on that losing streak when they they had COVID, but they're healthy now, and, and we've seen the Islanders go last year on a 13-15 game winning streak. So isn't Trotz out? I'm I sorry, he only missed the one game. Did he get COVID again? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh, he did again. Oh, I didn't hear that. I thought he just. I got know COVID he missed like the one game. Yeah, two three days ago, him and Pulak. Mm. Didn't they just get COVID again? <sighs> I, I don't I know. I didn't hear anything but he, about again. He's, but. he's out. He'll be back next. He'll be back next game. So it doesn't really matter. Barrett Jobs will be back. Uh, Carl so. says yes. Go Islanders. I like them. Snug says they are going to trade Ben Simmons to the Australian League. Probably. Carl says Duncan Robinson. Yes, you're listing off all Michigan basketball players. We know. Uh, Snug says Matt Barzal is so overrated. He's slowing the I Islanders figure, down. I figure he would say something stupid like <laughs> Carl that. says I wanted a lot more from them, and they had to start on the road for weeks. Yeah, and it's 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 a sh- that's the Islanders' fault for that. The Islanders should have never done that. They should have used the Nassau Coliseum as their home until the new stadium was opened up. Eleven thousand miles. They 
traveled before they actually played a home game. And they're really not playing a home game right now. It's an away game because they never really had the opportunity to really learn the ice and the boards and everything. If you know anything about hockey, it's understanding how the puck bounces off the boards, how how the ice is formed. It really, you know the ice as, as the home team. So I'm not blaming anything. I, I do believe the COVID situation uh, in the month of uh, October really hurt the Islanders. Uh, at the end of October, where the Islanders had every single one of their players had COVID. They were playing with guys you never even heard of. Mm-hmm. And it put the Islanders in it, where they lost 10 or 11 games in a row. And, and, and it really hurt the Islanders. But if there's any team that can catch up and make the playoffs, it's the Islanders. Uh, so And it is the board. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, boards are always wacky in every arena. And it's sometimes it's even tough for the home guys to get used to them. Uh, Jeff says, Jeff, uh, Islanders are trading for Kale McCarr and McKinnon for a fifth-round pick. Lou Lamorello <laughs> so great. Well, if that, Lou's have made some really good trades at the trade deadline. The last two years, he, the reason why he has won co, uh, uh, GM of the year was his trades at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. So don't be surprised if Lou Lamorello has a – Trick up his sleeve to make a good trade. So Carl uh, says, just get more points than the Blackhawks, please. Yeah, they'll probably end up with more points than the Blackhawks. They're going to end up more points than anybody thinks they are. I, I'm telling you, the Islanders. Didn't were going you to, say they had no chance of making the playoffs? No, like I a did. Month ago. I did, but <laughs> they still got more points I, than the Blackhawks. Here's, here's the reason. Here's the reason why I think they could now. It, it, because the NHL put it split the Islanders up and gave the Islanders two extra weeks for the last couple of weeks to miss because of the COVID situation here right. on the Islander. I think now the Islanders are getting healthy and they're getting their their top defensive back. Right. And they're bringing their 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 players are getting healthy. So this is where the Islanders they have not been 100% since the first week of the Islanders season. Right, but be careful again cuz you're going on another two week break in about 3 weeks here. That's fine. And yeah, it, but you need some sense like that means you're really not going to get a gel by First of all, the break is one weekend, okay? No, it's, it's not. It's it's, it's, it's they, they still it's get five the days. Olympic break. It's five oh, well, actually I forgot about the That's actually good for the Islanders. No, it's not. Yes it is. You need camaraderie. You guys haven't played a full season. You haven't played more than two you, weeks at a time together. Do you remember what happened when COVID happened? That was years different. Ago? That team was together the year prior to that. This is pretty much the same team besides Chara and besides uh, Parisi. Parisi. And that's it. That, Palmieri that, didn't play a ton of games with yes, you guys last yes, year. He, he played did. like 30 games yes, last year. With the he Islanders. played enough games with the Islanders. And this team is, and they have the camaraderie. And I'm, I don't, I don't and think, think you're going to add a piece. I'm sorry? I think you're going to add a piece. I, I think they will, but it's not going to be before before the All-Star, uh, before the, uh, the all, I'm sorry. I'm not the saying Olympics. you're wrong. I'm just saying it's. And are, are they actually? Are they having an Olympic? Slope. Are they having an Olympic break? Being that the players aren't going to the Olympics, I don't think they are. I think they're going straight through. I, think, I mean, I think I, they're going straight through. I don't think they're. It's going, a, yeah, it's still being negotiated right now. There's no guarantee they have a break. Yeah, I think. I, but what I are you going to do day by day? Be like, ah, oh, the Islanders, you're playing today. Ah, oh, the Flames, you're playing today. Oh no, the Oilers, you're off today. You can't do that. What are they going to do? They're going to bring the games back because they're, the players aren't going to play in the Olympics. The junior teams are playing. So I, do you know how I expect, hard that is, though? It's not hard. It, this is the no, NHL. This is a professional organization. No, I, I understand that. But you're not going to sell the tickets. You have to advertise the tickets. You need to get the tickets prepped. You need to get well, the arena prepped. What did you expect them to, to happen with the whole COVID-19 situation? But a lot of the these teams join, are sharing stadium or arenas with basketball teams. Mm-hmm. And right, I'm but sure. the, ju- the, ju- the junior teams versus the NHL teams, they also have the international travel comparatively. Yeah, the, the U.S. goes to Canada and vice versa. But the junior teams also might go to European host cities depending on where their tournaments are too. No, I'm saying – 
you know, there's no guarantee that the Kings can play on a Thursday. Uh, again, again, there are other K- there are other player there's other places that you can play those games. There are other stadiums, like for instance, in LA, it might not be in the LA. It, they might have to move the games. The NHL is not going to sit out for two weeks if the NHL players are not going to the Olympics. And I see what Carl is saying. There are other events booked and everything like that. That's fine. Sure. The, Concerts, NHL, yeah. the NHL has done this before. They did the whole, uh, what, what do they call it, the globe or whatever they call that when COVID-19 came back. What did they call it? The bubble, cities, yeah. the bubble league. They'll figure out something that's going to push these games moving forward. They're not going to sit out for the two or three weeks that the, the Olympics are going on when they're not even in the Olympics. So I, I believe they're going to figure something out. Uh, Carl, right. to answer your other question, yes, the Blackhawks have five more points than the Islanders, but the Islanders have nine games at hand on the Blackhawks. So, yeah, the, they should be able to catch up on points, barring another massive losing They'll streak. They'll catch up on points by the end of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff says the Islanders won't have arena conflicts. They share their building with horses. Probably, he's probably right. Uh, so – why don't we go to a, uh, a one-minute break. When we come back, uh, Trey uh, Larkin is going to be joining us in just a few moments. Hey. We're going to get into a lot of NFL conversation with Trey Niffin. Send Niffin. Yeah, uh, I already knows. did. I saw his message. Uh, we're going to have Niffin Trey on the show for the rest of the show. And I'm sure uh, they'll, they'll have their own thoughts. And when Trey comes on, he won't shut up. So that's why I wanted to make sure that we moved him off a little bit because he's gonna all he's going to talk about is the Green Bay Packers. No, he's how, not. Yes, he is. No, I, come, I, I know he's not. You know he's not what? Going to just talk about the Packers. Okay, whatever you say. When, when we come back, we'll get into some NFL conversation for the rest of this show here on the Sports Lab Mounts. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is the Sports Loud Mouths. I'm your host, Daryl Marks. My co-host, Speedy, Drizzle, PD, and Tyler. I want a hamburger. Harrison. 631-672-3108. Remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You don't want to be called Hamburger Helper, so why not? I need a hamburger. Harrison, what, what, is that wrong? You don't like that? Is that better than Hamburger Helper? I don't know what your obsession with meat is, but it's unhealthy. <laughs> what, you don't like meat? You don't eat enough meat? What? You don't I try not meat. to eat any meat. Well, that's not good. It's not healthy. No. Really? Uh, no. Well, you need you need protein. With Errol, you can never admit to eating meat. Well, okay? I'm not talking so, about that meat, first uh, of all. I don't know what I don't you know mean. what meat sticks you like to eat, but I that's don't not know. the stick With that you, I'm talking about. With you, it's never to be sure, assumed what type of meat we're talking about. Well, I, I ask you. So I assume I'm a vegetarian when I'm around you. Well, if you're a vegetarian, you don't look, you wouldn't look the way you look. That's for sure. No, I, well, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Now I know he's talking about edible meat, so that's fun. <laughs> Snuck says, says, not going to lie, I want a hamburger. I think Earl needs a hug from Smokey the Bear. Carl Earl says, needs a lot of things. Carl says, D- double cheeseburger for Tyler. I will smoke with Smokey the Bear. And Snuck says, try not to, but sometimes meat sneaks into your mouth right Whoa! now. That's not good. This is meat. Sn- Who said that? Snug. Oh, oh Carl snug. says Tyler eats salad. Mm. Question mark. Yeah. Okay. I I don't think I've seen Tyler eat salad in like ever since I met him. <laughs> to be fair, where you take me, they don't have salad I would want to eat. <laughs> like, you don't like tossed salad? 
Here we go. I, I'm just asking. No, this is why. <laughs> I, want, I, I like tossing salad, but I, I, I don't like to eat tossed salad. No. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm really serious. No, I believe you. I'm, I believe you're being right. serious. I, I, I'm trying to be. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm really. No, dude, that's why you're laughing. I'm laughing because you, you know you're full of shit. No, I, I know. First of all, I am just getting into conversation with you. You're the one that's throwing me a curveball. I. I, there, <laughs> you, I don't think you're when throwing. When you anything. go to a restaurant, <laughs> they ask you, "Do you want a uh, you know a house salad?" But you or don't go salad? to a restaurant with me. You take me to Applebee's. First of all, you who t- wants a salad from Applebee's? You're the one that's always sitting and drinking your freaking hand, whatever. I go to Fridays yeah, to drink. Yeah. Okay, and you eat. Do you not? I eat chips. No, you eat more eat than chips. Eat chips and queso. Uh, that's all you eat? Are you going to lie to me now? You've never what? had a hamburger there? No, I would never get a hamburger there. That's a lie. I get a chicken sandwich there. Mm. I don't trust their meat. Snuck says, what's it, a fried salad? And Carl says, does Tyler like meat in his salad? Mm, I think... I, 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 Shrimp salad I'm starting delicious. to believe that he's a vegetarian. I don't know. He doesn't like Shrimp meat. is meat. Are you crazy? Who doesn't like Shrimp meat, Tyler? <laughs> Shrimp is fish. Not Anyways, uh, so... Because I don't trust you. That's what I'm saying. I don't before like we get into the games and we, we're going to make our picks and go through each game and our thoughts to each quarterback and, and the defenses and the offenses and just going... Quarterback? I, I, I want to get into the end of the season and uh, the highs and the lows of some other teams that oh. didn't make the playoffs, uh, that could have squeaked into the playoffs at oh. the end of the year. Uh, and I, I want to get into like the teams like the Baltimore Ravens, that where they're going to be uh, you know, either looking for a new quarterback in the offseason or trying <laughs> to figure out where their offense is heading, where there were so many defections of where this offense was really, for the last six to seven games of the season. Another team, the Chargers, no. with all the different talented players that they have, and Mike Williams, who's going to be a free agent this uh, coming year, uh, Keenan, and, and, and Eckler, and, and, and all the different talented offensive players. And with Slater playing the way he played this year mm. as an offensive lineman, where is this Chargers team, where are these Chargers going to go next year with a great quarterback like Justin Herbert? And even the Colts, who had an opportunity to knock off the Jaguars and go into the playoffs and be one of those scary teams that could have knocked off the teams like the Patriots or the Chiefs, the way they can run the ball and dominate the line of scrimmage with their front seven, they didn't make the playoffs. So, uh, and Speedy will be wearing his panties on Wednesday. We're going to get him panties. Why? Uh, he's, he lost a bet. He's going to be wearing well, panties. That was the, it was the bet at the beginning of the season with Carl and me of whether the Broncos would make the playoffs. He will wear his panties oh, on his man. head on Wednesday. Yes, so Carl. calm down, Carl. Carl, uh, you'll wh- get you'll get to see it. I don't I don't flake on oh, the bets. I just don't, don't know they're accessible. I don't, my mother doesn't live here. You know, it's, it's it's called FedEx. Yeah, well, first of all, his mom's panties I'm not are too bring big a for FedEx his head. truck to my house. <laughs> his his mom's panties are too big for his head. So we need to get something that's gonna. You're fit. going to hell. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to take it much stock in the size of them. What? I lost the bet as it is. It's not going to be comfortable either way. <laughs> we'll get a now. Thumb. Are you going to wear it like bang again? I'm not going to take much like... stock. I'm going to wear it on my head. That was the only. Are you going to wear? It like I'm not going to hyperanalyze my lost bet. <laughs> Why are you shouting for? I'm right here. Yeah, well, he he's upset that you're you're really hurting his feelings. How? I'm trying to figure out how you're going to wear it. Under I'm not putting that much analysis head. into it. I think it would be really really funny, and I'm going to make sure I get a nice, wonderful panty that he's going to wear on his head. Like like. Uh... Victoria's Secrets, like, hearts what? or something. Yeah. Why are you going to make it so fancy for the guy? Just buy it, go to Walmart and get him, like, granny pants. No, I'm going to get something fancy and beautiful. Uh, I'll give him a oh, pair boy. of mine, LOL, Brittany says. <laughs> says you got to give him a pair with a little stank in it. That's why I thought. 
Uh, Speedy, uh, Brittany says, you would be the luckiest guy in the world, Speedy, LOL. Edible Oh, wait, panties. it's going to be Britney's panties? <laughs> really, Carl? Yeah, no, oh. No. Carl, that was not part of the initial bet. If that Why? was part edible of the initial bet, would be, that, that edible fine, panties for you would be better. That was not part of the stipulations, away. Carl. Actually, that would be a good idea. All right, I mean, Carl, if you want to bet on a different team next year, we could do edible panties. But that was not part of the initial I, bet. I, I it was so just panties on the head. Hold on one second. You wouldn't, if I got you a pair of good edible panties, you wouldn't wear it on your head? That wasn't part of the initial bet. If it was, okay. But what, what does but it matter? Panties are panties. panties. They're panties. Don't be a puss. Then you can eat it. Yeah, the and then it goes away. It disappears. What's wrong with that? I mean, edible panties that's are an, good. That, To be honest with you, that's probably a cheap way out. Yeah, it's, it is a cheap way out. Absolutely. So I, maybe I won't do that. I won't. You should do it. I want to see him eat it. <laughs> After I wipe my ass with it. Oh, there we go. Saying there was gone too far. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, you say you eat salads around our marks. <laughs> well, you're the one who just told me you don't eat tossed salad. Do you not? <laughs> because, because of comments you just made just now. I just asked you if you like tossed salad. You tell yeah, me no. I wasn't trying to be funny. And you're throwing right, a curveball. But we were just talking about edible panties. And he said, yeah, after I wipe my ass with it. No, I just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it has to be funny one way or another, right? Anyway. That's why I don't say toss salad around you. That's why I don't talk about meat with you. This is why I don't talk about anything after hours with you. No, I, I don't want to talk anything after hours with you either. Oh, I mean, good. why would I talk with another guy about after hours? Would, what, what would be the point of that? You know, you have to be hours at, at, after hours with me tomorrow. Well, that's different. Yeah, that's I understand. That, that is completely different from <laughs> no, all the still. other stuff. But anyways, why don't we get into, uh, before we get, uh, obviously, Trey Larkin. See, now he's, now he's flustered, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, he's flustered. no, not. I, I want to finish. I, before we get Trey Larkin on and we start talking about the games this weekend. Or lack of talking. Um, I, I want to get into some of these teams that we were talking about. Well, a Baltimore Raven team that, to me, uh, going into the offseason, they're going to be really have to deciding where they're going with this offense. Now, this offense has really been built around Lamar Jackson over the last couple of years. Yes, he won an MVP. Yes, he's taken him consistently into the playoffs until this year. Uh, he had an opportunity to knock off the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. If he knocked off the Pittsburgh Steelers, guess who would be going to the playoffs? The Baltimore Ravens. No, they wouldn't. They needed Miami to lose, too. Oh, is that true? I, yes, I don't they needed know. Miami to lose as well. So I think the Chargers would have gotten in in that case. Really? Yeah. yeah. So, uh-huh. well, whatever. And the fact is, is that Baltimore the last two weeks have not really produced what we thought they were going to produce. Yes, Lamar Jackson wasn't 100% healthy. Uh, Huntley, uh, who really filled Awful. in. Yeah, he filled in for Terrible. him. That's fine, but he's not. He, the guy was an undrafted player, all right? And the, and the fact that he came in and played as well. He did play well in certain games. He, he really did. For a guy that nobody. Steals, he played like garbage. That, that's fine, but. Coming in for Lamar Jackson where nobody thought he was going to be the starting quarterback of this team, I, I have to say he played a lot better than I thought he was. And, and, and here's the thing. You know, when we talk about Harbaugh and John Harbaugh, I think he's a great coach. I really do. Uh-oh. But maybe he's lost his voice in that locker room. This team, honestly, over the last two years, two seasons, has really died down in the second half of the season. Now, they've made the playoffs. But Lamar Jackson getting into the playoffs with this team, they have not gotten over the hump. And with the talented players that they have defensively and what they have done year in, year out, because they're a defensive-minded team, you would have expected, Speedy, that this team was a playoff-bound team going into the season. 
and moving forward in the second half of the season. I have no problem with the Harbaugh coaching style and what he's done as a coach. I, the biggest thing that I would I will knock him for this year is these injury reports, these fake injury reports. Lamar Jackson is going to play, then he's not. And then they t- he's telling him all these different things. All right, we're going to work you back in. We're going to have you in this role this week. And he never ended up playing. And for a guy that's on a contract year where the, the Ravens could extend him to – Again, I don't know about with the year he had huge quarterback money. He had that great first month and a half, but then he kind of fell off. But still is going to get pretty a, a lot of money from either from the Ravens or another team. But the Ravens now lose a little bit of lust because of this coaching staff kind of thing where do they trust him? And do they trust John Harbaugh? Does he trust John Harbaugh to play him, to have him battle it out when it matters most? Because that's what you want out of your franchise quarterback. And he might demand extra from the Ravens in order to keep him. So the Ravens might not have a choice but to overpay him a little bit or let go of him, which you're not a great quarterback development franchise, Ravens. You might, that might be a big risk, too. I've never said this on air, I think, to you. I disagree with everything you just said. Wow. First of all, let's be honest about something here. We all know how I feel about Lamar Jackson. He missed, what, four games? More than that. It was like the last month and a half of the season. Okay, but the last four games were when they needed him on the field. Okay, So if Lamar Jackson, whose strength is running, okay, this is where the whole MVP diminished thing, we're ignoring all that. His strength is his ankles. If he cannot, he could throw the football. He can throw the football. There's no wrong with his arms. He could not be on the field. So to me, all right, fine. The Ravens lost Marlon Humphrey. They lost Marcus Peters. They lost about three or four running backs. They lost their all-star quarterback slash running back. What are you supposed to do? The only player they had all year that was any good was Mark Andrews. The fact they won eight games, if I'm John Harbaugh, I'm going, huh. I mean, his second now, I was, player is a kicker. I wasn't saying that it should be something that should put him on the hot seat. I'm just saying that. Ron it, Stanley, they lost it's still early something in the season. That's, if you're the Ravens, you still don't want to make it more complicated by with, with amidst all those injuries. Listen, they making your quarterback eight games in that position. And half their team was they. He made gone by Lamar Jackson made too many mistakes this year. He made too many mistakes. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sixteen not, for thirteen. I agree with he you. He's the not ball a franchise. Lot. But I said that going into the year, and you all looked at me like I was crazy. Well, because He's not a franchise quarterback. I'm not saying oh, that. Hold on one second. But I'm, Harbaugh's a franchise coach. I, I, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back into this. Lamar Jackson, in the beginning of the season, for what I saw the last three years, I thought he was a franchise quarterback. As the season progressed, and for a, a quarterback, has lost a lot of weapons. The running back position, the wide receiving position, he lost a couple of pieces. I thought... You know, when you when you think of a franchise quarterback, that franchise quarterback is being that he's been in a league for three or four years. You would expect him to take over the team and try to find ways to win. He didn't do that this year, and that's why it started to move. It it started to move in my eyes where he wasn't a franchise quarterback, and that he fell off this year. And now going into the offseason, by the way, Sam Bruck says Harbaugh hasn't lost his voice. It's simple. Had uh, uh, Lamar played for five games, the Ravens are in the playoffs. Injuries were the story. Get out of here, Sam. And I know you're... You're a Baltimore Raven fan, and and that's fine that you love John Harbaugh. He's 100% right. Uh, He's wrong because, listen to me, even if Lamar was playing this year in those five games, there was no guarantees they were going to win that game. They win one of them. Uh, Really? They win that Steelers game. The Rams game, I You you don't know that for sure. Go to the five games that they lost, the last five games that he got blown up by the Bengals. I don't think it would have mattered who would have played quarterback. Hold on. 
I'm go telling to the you, games. I watched the game. The go Steelers to the game. lose that game. Lamar the, Steelers, the Steelers lose that game, maybe. maybe. But again, he's struggled no against the Steelers in his career. And he's never played well against the Steelers. Yeah, that's the one team. I think the Rams, they would have won because the Rams have had trouble with mobile quarterbacks in the past. And that game was close as but it was. But the quarterback they replaced him with is a mobile quarterback. Yeah, but again, I think there's Lam- no guarantees they would have beaten the Rams. Go ahead. So what the, Bra- else? the Browns are the other one, 24 They would have beat the Browns, okay. Uh, the first meeting with the Steelers was 20 to 19, so the same kind of thing. There's no guarantees. And then the Bengals, they got blown out by anyway. So, so honestly, one game, one game, they could have won even with Lamar Jackson. And let's be honest, Lamar that Jackson. one game gets them in the playoffs. No, it doesn't. They're eight and nine now. No, no, no because no, they no. needed Miami to lose they, too. They, so. they wouldn't. Speedy just said it. They, they, they needed the Miami to lose. So I think the, the Chargers would have got in in that scenario at nine and eight. Even be, because Miami Miami losing would have warranted the head to head tiebreaker. So if the Ravens won, they would have had head to head on the Chargers, which they needed. And then in that case, they would have been well, with a three way tie. I think, I think the Chargers played. had it. That game, I understand the Steelers won. They were so putrid offensively in that game, both teams. It was a joke. Lamar Jackson would have given you three points. And uh, Carl brings up a good point in the comments section, too. The Ravens went for two for the win in two different games. That was interesting. I actually agree with the Packers one because the, they were kind of playing as the underdogs. They had momentum at the time. They were coming back down 31-17. to 17. I actually didn't mind that one, but the Steelers won. The first meeting was definitely weird for them to do. Uh, Sam also says Tyler's 100% correct. They win the Rams and the Packers game, LOL. They lost Disagree. four of the last five games by Disagree. a combined eight points. Disagree. Yes, Carl, yeah, they went for the two. But like I said, I think the Packers you one made sense. You, you cannot go and look at the Rams. Yes, the Rams don't stop really good running quarterbacks. That we we all know that, and we we've seen what what the Pittsburgh Steelers have done over the years, and even the Packers uh, in that game. If they didn't go for the two points, they should they could have won that game. That is past tense, and you can't just say, "Hey, you know what? If Lamar played in those games, they would have won." I disagree because to me, when you look at what talent is and what talent brings. The talent is supposed to take over the games no matter who is on that roster. So even if Lamar Jackson was 100% healthy, do we really believe Lamar Jackson would have put the team on his shoulders and helped them win those games? I don't know. I did believe I liked Lamar Jackson. I I like what he was. But but I'm telling you right now, what I saw this year in bits and pieces that I saw, the guy dropped the ball too much. He threw the ball away. too small. Again, I'm not talking about that. I'm telling you what I saw in the games. The guy I, made too many right. mistakes. He I, made but too I many said mistakes. that after his rookie year, That's and you fine. said I was an idiot. Yeah, I did. I did. And you want to know something? I like Lamar Jackson, but let's be honest. He gets you three points against the Steelers. I disagree. I disagree. At home to get in the playoffs? I disagree. That's my opinion. Suck says Lamar gets two wins. He's a difference maker. And Jeff says doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. My Cowboys are going to bury everyone. And speaking Your of the Cowboys dream- aren't even going to win a game. And uh, speaking of the Green Bay Packers, uh, he went off screen for a second. It looks like Trey is in. Then now he just went off screen for a second. That's so. okay. Trey, well, Trey will come in. That, I there wanna, he is. He's coming. I want to finish. I want to finish up what, what we were talking about. We'll get into the playoff games with Trey in just a few moments, Speedy. So uh, I, what I want to what I want to finish up with. We just talked about the Baltimore Ravens. There, there are two other teams that really stuck out to me. Now, I'm not going to talk about Cleveland because Speedy and you, uh, you Tyler, absolutely love these guys going into the season. They're and the biggest disappointment. They were a complete the disappointment. disappointment. Uh, they had a tremendous amount of talent. I told you guys I didn't believe in this team. I and it's not that I'm not going to blame it on Baker Mayfield because it's not all on Baker Mayfield. I blame it on the coaching. I blame it on w- defensively what they did in aspects of the game where you know as good as Garrett is. And he is a great defensive lineman. 
he got lost in some games. He he disappeared in certain games, and he really didn't play at the top of his game against the teams that you would expect him to really take over those games with. Now, to be fair, he's double teamed. But I'm, I'm not talking about Cleveland. The, the other two teams is the Chargers, who I thought this year, with the talent that they had, a top 10 talent this year, uh, a great running back, the wide receiving core that they had, and Justin Herbert really developing into the star that I believe he was going to be, this team fell off the last six games of the season. And really, when we were talking about Staley being coach of the year early yeah. in the season and, and really falling apart, making terrible calls at the end of the game, calling timeouts when he shouldn't mm-hmm. have called timeouts. You, you look at this and moving into next season, is this the guy that's going to help this team finally get over the hump and win a championship with the talent that they have? And the question is, are they going to be able to keep Mike Williams in the offseason where he's going to be looking for another high-priced place and a high-priced contract where he can go and be that superstar wide receiver that he wanted to when he was coming out of Clemson? That is going to be the question. And, and to me... The biggest disappointment this year is the Chargers, okay? Because really? uh, Absolutely. Because I thought with this team and the talent that they had from top to bottom, defensively, offensively, Derwin James and, and Joey Bosa and all the different guys that we were talking about and how they were so confident this year going into the season that they were going to be as good as any team in football. For what they did with Justin Herbert and the, the offense completely flustering at the end of the season, and by the way, losing a big game at the, at the Texans, well, if they won that game, they make the playoffs, yeah. okay? It's embarrassing. It was an embarrassment for the Chargers. And then to lose that game against the Oakland Raiders because their coach was an idiot and he didn't call a timeout, which I, I don't think it would have affected what happened in the game. Uh, to me, the Chargers were a complete embarrassment at the end of the season. So uh, Sam Brooks says, Chargers issues are about their defense and their head coach. They couldn't stop the run and couldn't get a stop when it mattered. Snug says, what do the Cowboys think of the Chargers season? Well, they beat him in week two, so they had something to do with it. <laughs> Jeff says, Dak is better than Lamar. And Snug says, first of three in a row coming up for the Cowboys. Dak is better than Lamar. Yeah, yeah. It's been, he is. Yeah, he's, he definitely is now. He absolutely It was is. close at the beginning of the and season. By the now way, it's definitive. By the way, Dak knows how to win in the playoffs, okay? Lamar hasn't, so I, I I don't think Lamar's any good in the playoffs. That's just my opinion. He has shown me in three years that the guy can't win the big game in the playoffs. So that he's got a rough matchup this Sunday. Who? Dak. Dak's got a Dak's got a tough game. And you want to know something? You want to know something? I think Dak can win that game. I don't. I don't think that game's gonna be close. Why don't we bring in our 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 guest? As everybody knows, the wise guys, the host of the wise guys on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Trey Larkin. What's going on, Trey? What's up, fellas? How are you? We are here. We're going to get into the playoffs. Uh, obviously, Tyler, your favorite lover over here, is uh, saluting to you. Uh, Speedy Drizzle PD uh, with his drizzling Nick Hat is, is waiting to get into conversation with you. How are you doing? Uh, how's your son? I saw your son and your daughter being posted on social media. How are you? Yeah. How's your kids doing? Uh, they're doing good. They're definitely doing good. Uh, my son growing up on me. Um, he's, uh, in ver- he's doing virtual right now. You guys know the coronavirus of course. Is, uh, pandemic has been significant. So he's doing virtual right now. And he's, he, he loves that. He loves not having to go to school every day and just be, <laughs> be able to wake up <laughs> right there. But yeah, he's doing, they're doing good for sure. Earl. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk, I want to get right to it, fellas. I want to, cause I heard you guys talking about biggest disappointments, right? Mm-hmm. And Earl, I couldn't agree with you more about the chargers. I think the chargers are more disappointing, honestly, than even the Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. for a lot of the reasons why you that you mentioned. Like I think when you got Justin Herbert, 
as your starting quarterback. I think Justin Herbert is one of the best young quarterbacks, you know, in the NFL. I think he had 38 touchdowns, over 5,000 passing yards this year. It is a shame that we're not going to get an opportunity to see Justin Herbert perform in the playoffs. I mean, all the rest of the quarterbacks who I would say are elite are in the postseason. Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, you know, uh, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford. It's a shame we're going to get an opportunity to see Justin Herbert perform in the playoffs. And I blame Brandon Staley um, and that Chargers defense for a lot of reasons why they weren't able to make the playoffs. They couldn't stop the run, fellas. That was their Mm -hmm. biggest issue all season long. They couldn't stop the run. And they allowed 41 points to the Houston Texans. Yes. That'll be the dagger. For sure. And and, and also – You can't even blame it on that, though. You had a chance – Yeah, you can. No, you can't. You, after that, had a chance to get in the playoffs – and the Raiders were playing for the tie. It was common knowledge. They were basically there, like, we're going to need here. that the Raiders were playing for the tie. I, th- if, they, if they tied, Tyler. guess who they would be playing week one? Yeah. But They'd Tyler's be playing the, the, Chiefs. Uh, the, the Chiefs. Chiefs. The Chiefs. They There's no guarantee they were the playing for the tie. The, char- yeah, was, the Chargers, Tyler, the beats think, getting out. I think um, the main reason why they missed the playoffs wasn't necessarily because Staley caught the timeout. It was no. because they can't stop the run. Mm-hmm. That's why they missed the playoffs. More so than him calling the timeout, in my opinion. I actually think it was more when when they called the timeout versus if. If the Chargers called the timeout at 104 when they were supposed to, instead of waiting forever to go call on the play clock, 38 seconds, then if you get a stop, you have time. You're in comfortable control. You miss a, you miss on first down or the Raiders punt to pin you deep, then you play for the tie. You just kneel it out. You, you take the tie. Both teams go to the playoffs. You want to be in yeah. control of that, not hope that the Raiders get a first down and then miss the field goal. Really didn't put it in the, their own hands to me. I'm also not buying into this idea that the Raiders were playing for a tie, though, fellas. I'm not I don't either. That. Yeah, because because if they tie, then the Raiders would have to go to Arrowhead mm-hmm. and play the Kansas City Chiefs and what this wild card weekend. So I'm not buying into this idea that the but Raiders. But they were lose, they don't go anywhere. Yes, and that's why. Right, but the Raiders were in control of that. A tie, that but hold on though. They had the ball. Derek Carr throws a pick six, they fumble the ball, they kick a field goal, they miss a field goal, and they run it back. Anything could have happened, and the Char- Raiders would have lost. The Raiders and we all would have sat here and bashed the Raiders for not being conservative, running out the clock, take the tie, go home, and going to the playoffs and playing the Chiefs is better than going home, right? right but the Ra- okay then. All right, but here's the thing: let's say the Raiders just knelt, like you're saying, and tried to play for the tie. The Chargers then could have called timeout after that too. That who says? Oh, they can't block a punt. They can't get the ball back. They could have called the timeout then too. The Raiders are not at fault for trying to run the ball and get the first down. I don't think they were going to throw the ball anyway. It was short yardage against. I'm not saying a that. horrible run defense. I'm not saying that at all. All I'm saying is how they were moving the clock, letting the clock go. Like, all right, well, we're not going to rush the play. You know, if Josh Jacobs breaks a big play, then whatever. Fine, whatever. And let's not act like the Raiders weren't supposed to be in the playoffs. They were 5-2. and two. Okay, then the NFL said, screw you and your coach, he's fired for doing nothing. But that's a whole different story that we're not allowed to talk about, I get it. But, let's just be honest here, the Raiders were on pace to be a playoff team here's, anyway. Here's another team that really stood out to me that, to me, not going to the playoffs really hurts them. And that's the Colts, who oh, a, lot of people, a, a, a lot of people thought that if this team would have made the playoffs, especially, I've been watching them with hard knocks, very fun team, especially off the field, how funny they are, very close together, very good organization. I like Frank Wright. I think he's a good coach. Mm, but yes. 
Uh, Taylor is, to me, an MVP candidate. Has had a sensational year. If you had a good running game and a good defense the way they were playing the second half of the season, and they beat the Patriots in, on that Saturday night game, where a game that a lot of people thought they had no chance of winning, um, I, I, I think we're talking about a different Colt team if they made the playoffs. I think... What's going to happen to them in the offseason? Now, Frank Wright is not going to lose his job. He's not. But he, he, even with the Carson Wentz situation, when the, when the press was asking him about Carson Wentz, there was no sure thing that Carson Wentz is going to be the starting quarterback of that team next year. Wentz is gone, and going into the season, Frank Wright has to make the playoffs. Frank Reich's going to be on the hot seat going into the next year. I don't know if Wentz is gone, but I don't know if he's going to be started next year. I mean... What are you going to do? You're going to bench him for Jacob... Jacob, No. No. I didn't say that. They could be looking looking at another quarterback. They could also bring in a rookie quarterback. They don't have a first-round pick. I understand that, but they have a second-round pick. And quarterbacks are going to be falling into the second round. I understand that, but you can't waste a high draft pick like that when... You're not even the best team in your own division. There's also a lot of good quarterbacks that are available in free agency, uh, backup quarterbacks that could be brought in. I, I'm, not, I'm not telling you what's going to happen to Carson Wentz, and he might be the starting quarterback next year. But when you're hearing Frank Wright said that we have to, uh, we, we have to check the coaching situation and, and, and what we did wrong with Carson Wentz and see what we, we have to do better next year to make this team a playoff team, I, I'm sorry. Uh, it doesn't sound good for Carson Wentz when you're hearing it from your coach, who has a lot of respect for him. What and do you he was think, the guy that- yeah, Earl, actually, to your point this morning, Adam Schefter, he put out a tweet uh, talking about the Colts and general manager Chris Ballard. He said, at the time, we felt it was the right decision. I'm not going to make a comment on who is going to be here next year and who is not. So they were talking about whether or not Carson Wentz is going to be the starting quarterback for the Colts mm-hmm. next year. I agree. I, I think it was a major disappointment that the Colts didn't make the playoffs. We We went from in week 14, week 15, talking about how the Colts could be a dangerous team mm-hmm. in the AFC to them not even making the playoffs yeah. at all. That's very, very disappointing considering the fact they got an MVP candidate in Jonathan Taylor because Jonathan Taylor is big time. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's a shame because I think if the Colts would have gotten to the playoffs, fellas, the Colts could have possibly, you know, they could have been a dangerous team. Absolutely. And they could have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs mm-hmm. in Kansas City with that running game. And possibly even went to Tennessee and beat Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. So I, I just think it's a shame that they was they missed the playoffs this year. There was nothing surprising in the NFC. Everybody that was supposed to make the playoffs uh, and that we expected only, really the, only the Eagles. That was really it. No, that I was. I don't even think the Eagles. The Eagles to me were. Very surprising. I, I don't really think they were surprising. They were a very good defensive team all season long. Yeah, were, at what, some point you had they were faith a top in Jalen Hurts. Hold on here. Uh, that, that's bullshit. No one had faith in Jalen Hurts. A lot of people were saying the Eagles were going to be the worst I team had in football faith, at the beginning of the season. I had faith in Jalen Hurts after the fifth game of the season. I thought what we saw enough. We saw enough of Jalen Hurts to take them to the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. This over di- a team like this, see, see, the only reason this division is horrible. Okay, what division? The NFC East. Oh, I thought. Oh, never mind. The <laughs> NFC East. Yeah, I was about to go crazy. Division you're talking about here. I'm no, I thought because I, I had the Seahawks in my head. No, I'm no. talking about the <laughs> NFC East. I, it's a horrible division. I mean, people thought Washington was going to make the playoffs. They yeah. were horrible right. this year. I, I mean, no, the Reds, honestly, they're, they're... and and they're another team that's going to be looking for a quarterback and maybe looking for Why? a new coach. No, that's no. I'm I'm just telling you. Well, good. Then the jo- Hold on, Mara Tish. Don't hire a coach. Wait for the Commanders, because that's their name. 
Wait for the commanders to fire Riverboat Ron and then bring him Riverboat on. Ron. There you go. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the NFC East, a uh, comment from Sam Brook. Haha, uh, Dax 1 and 2. Both have improved no much job. in the playoffs. But here's, yeah, the, here's the thing. Uh, J- uh, Sam, I know you're trying to compare him to Lamar Jackson. Dax actually played well in two out of three of those playoff games. Lamar they lost, hasn't played they lost, well in the playoffs right. ever. Lamar hasn't had a good game yet. Even the game he won, it was really only a one big run. Dak played very well against Green Bay, coming back down 21 to 3. They tie, came back to tie that game. Then Aaron Rodgers just had a great drive and they won the game 34-31. He played well against Seattle, the one game they did win. The only game he struggled with is against the Rams. That was really it so far. Yeah, so so fellas, I actually want to get into all the playoff matchups Absolutely. on Wild Card Weekend here shortly. But I want to ask you guys something real quick. So, and this is this is also why I'm so pissed off <laughs> that the Chargers missed the playoffs. Because you guys know, I live here in Cincinnati. And you got Bengals fans completely besides themselves mm-hmm. because the Bengals got to the playoffs this year mm-hmm. for the first time since 2015. Joe Burrow. And they are saying that Joe Burrow is significantly better than Justin Herbert. No, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say so. They're the same class. I, that, that's I what they're saying. That's yeah. what they're saying. So, yes. so I want to get you guys' opinion on who would you rather have, Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow. All right, I'll I'll go first, okay? We're uh, surprised. What a surprise. I always let you guys go first. What are you talking about? I go last. Uh, not not all, when we do our picks, who goes first? Speedy, who goes second? You. Who goes third? Jeff. Okay. So don't don't get me started. Uh so I'm going to tell you this. I think Joe Burrow's is it, to me it, 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 I I'll say this for both quarterbacks. I think they're both talented. I think they're both going to be great quarterbacks in this league. Yes. But I think Joe Burrows, because he's proven he came off a big surgery, a big injury, came back a lot faster than anybody thought he was going to come back as. And, and with the talent that he has around him, both of them have very good talent around him. I'm going to say Joe Burrows is not significantly better, but he is better because – when Joe Burrows needed to step up, this was his uh, what second full year of uh, football. He really stood up, and he took his team in probably one of the hardest divisions in football. You have Cleveland, where everybody thought was going to be a good player, a, a team. Pittsburgh, where everybody thought was going to be on, off. No, we don't know who they're going to be. And then the Baltimore Ravens, where everybody thought was going to win the division. Well, yeah. This was this was the one of the hard, the, arguably the hardest division in the AFC, and. Guess who winds up the division champion? The Bengals. And and with this team, the team believes in Joe Burrows. The players believe in Joe Burrows. They even added Jamar Chase in the draft when they could have added an offensive lineman, which they needed, because guess what? Joe Burrows said, we want him, we need him. He's going to be the guy, and he's probably going to be rookie of the year. I think Joe Burrows in the big game showed you why you would rather want Joe Burrows over Justin Herbert. Now, that doesn't mean that Justin Herbert can't do what Joe Burrows can do. But I, I, if you were to ask me right now, who would I want on my team? I'm taking Joe Burrows. Speedy, who do you got? Here's the thing. Talent-wise, I think Burrow's better. I think Herbert's better in a lot what? of statistical areas. Like he's a, he's a better under-pressure quarterback. Like His numbers, I think he was second in the league only to Aaron Rodgers or something like that, under pressure this year. But I think Joe Burrow has a, has a better overall arm like accuracy wise Herbert I think is better in some areas though he's, he's I, I bash the Chargers all the time for being the least clutch team in football I don't think it's his fault whatsoever no. I think he makes a lot of great throws it's definitely not and great great on fourth down great on, on those tough throws I, I don't think it's his fault at all and so I, I blame more of the receivers the, the defense whatever the coaching whatever for, the, for the, the Chargers losing these weird games talent wise I think so I think talent wise Burrow's a little better but I think in terms of the 
uh, in terms of those statistical areas, the, the advanced statistics, I so think Herbert's a little better. Um, I, I probably it depends on the structure He's of the go team. With Burrows. I'm going to probably edge out to take Burrow just by a little bit. You're splitting hairs, Trey. It's it's really. How about you, Tyler? Wait a minute. Wait, wait, Tyler. Before you go, Speedy, I gotta I gotta give you some pushback here. Okay, I think it's the opposite. Yeah, I think Justin Herbert is, is more talented than Joe Burrow is. You know, like I think Justin Herbert has more arm strength than Joe Burrow. I think Justin Herbert is more athletic. Than yeah, he's Joe more Burrow. athletic. He's more athletic. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and, and like I said again, and, and Earl, you said it very well. I think both of these quarterbacks are two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like mm-hmm. I think Patrick Mahomes is in a league of his own, but I think. Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are are right there underneath Patrick Mahomes. And then there's everyone else. I, I, I know Deshaun Watson's not playing right now, but I think I would include Deshaun Watson in this conversation course, as well yeah, if, right. he is, if he is playing because I think he's big time as well. But when it comes to comparing these two quarterbacks, I think, again, Herbert has more talent than Burrow. And I watch games where I see Justin Herbert make throws that only Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes can make. Like, I think he it has more arm strength, and he makes more wild throws than Burrow. Now, I think Burrow is a winner, and there's something to be said for a player that wins games. This is Joe Burrow in big games. In his college and NFL career, he's 6-0. and He has 2,669 passing yards, averaging 440 passing yards per game. He's 27 touchdowns, zero interceptions. You guys know he won a championship at LSU, won a Heisman Trophy. Mm-hmm. Like, I think at LSU, I think he had like 46 touchdowns. No, it was, like it was near 60 touchdowns that season. I think it was I'm, 50, yeah, six, 58 sorry, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. it was 60 touchdowns. Yeah. He completed like 77% of his passes. So we know Joe Burrow is a winner, and he has the intangibles as a quarterback that can lead you to a Super Bowl. I just think when you're talking about pure talent and skill, I think Herbert is better than Burrow. That's just me. Hmm. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. Uh, Tyler, before you go, I just, I'll just read some of the comments. Uh, John says, upset this weekend. Don't sleep on the Steelers. Throw 100 bucks on them. I mean, maybe to cover, but it depends on what the spread is. They're uh, not even going to cover. Jeff says, uh, Burrow or Herbert, the choice is easy. Dak. Uh, John says, compare Herbert versus Burrow red zone percentage. Yeah, they, both teams do settle for field goals a lot. I'll give you that, John. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think Herbert was better last year. Burrow was better this year or something like that. Uh, Jeff says, Errol calling him Burrows instead of Burrow. He's all you need to know. He can't even get the kid's name right. And John says, quarterback. I don't know battles. why you think that's a giggling. It's, it's funny. I think it's stupid, and that's why you shouldn't be giggling at it. But that's you, Speedy, uh, just a complete idiot. But uh, that's John just says, me. John says, quarterback that has a wow throws is Geno Smith. LOL, the wow effect. <laughs> By uh, the way, uh, who's in jail right now? Or he just, yeah. got, he just got bailed out because uh, he can't uh, you know, drink and drive or, or do something stupid and call an Uber. Like the idiots that these NFL players are. Ask Henry Ruggs right now. He's probably oh, going to be in that's... jail for 10 to 15 years because of the stupidity nah, of drinking and driving. I, I don't know. But anyways, go ahead. Who do you got? Burroughs, Herbert? What do you uh, got? I think Trey said it best. I think Justin Herbert is actually significantly more talented than Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow is the winner. So I would take Joe Burrow just because he seems to be the guy that people go to and be like, hey, you're going to win with me. All right. And they buy into whatever Confidence. he's selling. It's a very confident guy. Uh, Herbert is confident, too. No. And Herbert screwed himself because he had come out the year before. He would have been a f- the first or second overall pick in the draft. So mm. Herbert, by staying the extra year in college, he landed in a better spot. But 
you know, it is what it is. I, I don't, I, honestly, when you look at Burroughs and you look at Justin Herbert, uh, like Speedy says, it's like splitting hairs. But uh, the one thing that I see in Joe Burroughs that I don't see, Joe Burrow, that we don't see in Justin Herbert is is the fact that when Joe Burrow needs to make the play or Joe Burrow needs to be that superstar player that's going to take his team to the next level, he's the guy that it believes in himself that he can do it. He also and throws I, more picks. Uh, that's, yeah. that's that's fine, but not by much. Yeah, I, I, also, really also not by much. I think that um, that Bengals, you know, those weapons that Joe Burrow is throwing the ball to. I think that Bengals, you know, not by teams, a lot. Not Mike by Williams, a lot. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen are pretty freaking stubborn. It's close. It's slight. And Austin Eckler. Oh, he's got Mixon. So yeah, but Eckler's a lot better of a receiving back than Mixon is. But yeah, think, but Mixon's think, a better um, back. I think Jamar Chase is As better. A runner, yes, but. right now I think Jamar Chase had a better season than Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's more proven, but sure. I think Jamar Chase had a better season. And I and T Higgins. By and the way, Tyler but, Boyd, they big time. By the way, Justin Herbert threw more interceptions than Joe Burrows this year. So just so you know, yeah. Yeah. only one more. Yeah, but I, 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 uh, only one more. Yeah, only but I'm just more. I'm just saying he threw he threw one more interception than Joe Burrow. So, but Herbert had more touchdown passes. Yeah, he, I think I, honestly with Eckler and. The other, I think he has a better. Now Mixon's a great running back. There's no question; he's a power back. Eckler could do everything. No, that's and Mixon can do everything. Mixon yeah. cannot. Mixon is not as good. But as Eckler is a better receiving back in I terms think, of. Like, I think Eckler. Route, right? Joe Mixon's a top five running back in the league. I think Eckler's e- not. I think Eckler is so underrated. I think he is a top five running back in this league. I think Burrow's defense is better than Herbert's defense. No. Yeah, uh, I would say that. Matters. No, absolutely, it is. Absolutely, it is. The, again, the, the Bengals are good against the run, not great against the pass. The Chargers are kind of the Trey other Henderson's way around. Trey Henderson's a top 10 pass rusher in the league. And Joey Bosa's not. <laughs> I think Trey Henderson had a better year than Joey Bosa did. He was also healthier, too. That so, so fellas, part of it. Would, you, would you agree with me that, you know, there's Patrick Mahomes, and then there's Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, and then everyone else? Yeah. I would put Kyler Murray in there, too. Yeah, I would put no. Kyler Murray, too. Yep. I gotta He's see not in their Kyler class. Murray's in the playoffs this year, Speedy. <laughs> so we have to see what Joe Burrow is like, too, in the playoffs. No, but I, I would put, I would put Kyler Murray than the in the class below those two. And before this season, uh, people forget Josh Allen was pretty damn good, too. So Oh, no, Josh Allen. Josh Allen's a proven commodity already. I'm not just I, saying. I don't think we're, we're talking, talking about pro- young quarterbacks. Not talking, oh, then, yeah, then it's Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, then Herbert and Burrow, and then Kyler Murray, and then everybody else. Yeah, we're I don't, to- know. I don't know. I don't know, Tyler, about that. Yeah. I, I like Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow a little bit better than I like Josh Allen. But Josh Allen's in that conversation, too. Uh, uh, Josh Allen just broke the Bills' completion record. All right, that, so, that says something. Uh, so, before we get to that. And I, he only has Stephon Diggs. I'll just read the, uh, Jeff's comments. Jeff says Geno Smith better than Zach Wilson. Mm. Herbert went to staying, say in, staying in school, helped, went to a better team. Bengals by, have my, more than the Chargers by far. Boy Higgins Chase is better than Williams and Allen. And then uh, Nithin says, I had Patrick Mahomes' father on our, yes. in our, uh, our yes, sports I, show I three days ago. Yes, I saw the interview. Um, so why don't we do this? Uh, so Jeff's going to call up because Jeff is going to do our picks. We're not going to make our picks right now. We're just going to go over some of the games, and then we're going to do our picks. Jeff will call in. We'll have Nithin on. We could all do our picks. So, so why don't we go through each game? Yeah. And 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 discuss those games going into a wild card weekend. So the first game of the weekend is Raiders Bengals. Uh, Raiders going into Cincinnati. 
Speedy, we'll, we'll kind of go back and forth. Uh, I'll let Speedy speak first, and then we'll kind of add our own thoughts to this game and where we think that we're not going to make our picks, but where we think this key, this game could fall. So you want, you want music for real this? Quick, Earl, no. Real quick, just to let you know, um, I can't make yeah, my picks could. tonight. I'm, I'm going to make my pick on tomorrow's morning show. On wise guys, so I'm right. wait till the morning to do my picks. Okay, so you don't have to do your picks. You could you could just listen to our picks. Okay, uh, but okay. we're not going to do it right now. We're just gonna we're going to discuss the games and where uh, where this game could really fall. Uh, you know, in the trenches. But go ahead. All right, so I mean, the Raiders Bengals is definitely one that's I think is going to be a little different than their first meeting. The Bengals blowing out the Raiders in that one. I think you're going to see a little bit of a closer game. You've seen the Bengals, uh, you've seen the Raiders defense play a lot better down oh. the stretch when they've needed to. That secondary is very Well, this is underrated. not the pick, so you don't have to go like that, Speedy. So we're, we're going back and I, forth. I think you'll see a lower game. scoring game. I think the winner of this game will be determined on which offensive line plays better because it's still a question mark for both of those teams because their strengths are very similar beyond that. I disagree. I, I, I think... They're, they're two very different teams. We, we all know that what Joe Burrows can do. Joe Burrows, he has the three wide receivers that he can use. We, people forget there's a long-lost wide receiver that nobody talks about in Higgins. And Boyd really hasn't had the season that we thought he was going to have this year. Jamar Chase is the superstar wide receiver, probably uh, the rookie offensive rookie of the year. But what I think going into this game is going to be very important is the Raiders in the running game of the Raiders with Jacobs, being that he really missed the whole season. I think he's going to play a big part in this game and controlling the clock. And the Raiders' defense is not as good as the Bengals, Tyler. It's just not. It's not. And honestly, the Bengals are going to stop Josh Jacobs. They're a really good running defense. Trey Hendrickson's also going to be sniffing Derek Carr's neck all day long. I, the question I'm going to have in this game is you have a – First, you have two first-time head coaches, and one of them hasn't even had a job all year. And so the management of this game is going to be a little weird, I think. You're going to see a lot of iffy calls. You're going to see a lot of, ah, fourth and twos, do I go for it? No, and settle for field goals, or maybe even punt the ball instead of going for a play. And I, I think this game is going to be very weird. It's going to be very wacky, high scoring, I think. I don't. I don't think this is going to be a high scoring game. I, I, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think this is going to be one of the high-scoring games of the week. I, I just I, – I feel like the Raiders just don't have the luck on their side this year. Actually, I think they've had a lot of luck. That's why they're in the playoffs. Look at that. They lost They lost rugs because he killed somebody. Oh. Uh, I'm just saying. Well. They lost their coach. Well. I mean, yeah. they, they've – They've had a lot of bad luck, and then they bring in, a, a, a to me, a coach that nobody thought was really going to take this team to the playoffs and has had a tremendous amount of luck. Their running game, Jacobs, comes back. Their defense, really, nobody thought their defense was going to be as good as it was this year. Their secondary was a lot better than people thought it was going to be this year. I think they've had a tremendous amount of luck this year. The Raiders have been a very lucky team, and that's why this game could go both ways. I mean, Trey, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you, Earl. Uh, I think the Bengals are more talented team than the Raiders are. I mean, when you look at the Bengals receiver core, you got Jamar Chase, you got Tyler Boyd, you got T. Higgins, and then in the backfield, you got Joe Mixon, uh, and you got Uzama at tight end. But I think that this game could get interesting in the trenches, because I think Max Crosby and Ndokwe, they could wreck this game and create some havoc for Joe Burrow and that Bengals offensive line. The Bengals offensive line is awful, fellas. They're not very good. Joe Burrow is the most sacked quarterback you know, in the NFL. So I think if the Raiders can create some pressure on Joe Burrow, I think this game could be very interesting. I'm going to be honest. I think the Raiders, honestly, 
it's just something special about this team. Like, I, I counted them out earlier in the season. A lot of people and every did. single time I counted the Raiders out, they always bounced back. And now they're here in the postseason. And I think they're playing with house money. The Bengals have all the pressure uh, they're definitely playing on with house money, right. I think, they play, I think they play last Monday because I think the Bengals are the favorites and the Bengals have a more talented team. And the Bengals haven't won a playoff game since I've been born. So I think the Raiders are playing with house money, and I think Derek Carr is going to let it rip. I'm interested to see how this game goes. I think the quarterback play, too. Everybody keeps talking about who's the better quarterback in, in this game. I think Derek Carr doesn't get a lot of credit for what he is as a quarterback. Oh, I really, I really don't. Not at all. And, and as good as Joe Burrow's has been, this, Joe Burrow has been this year. I think Derek Carr deserves a lot of credit for what this team is and what this team has really turned into. He's become a leader of this team. Even when John Gruden uh, got fired, he didn't really throw John Gruden under the bus when he could have thrown John Gruden under the bus for all the things that John Gruden had said to him, publicized him, thrown him. Thrown him to the wolves, and everybody thought that they were going to trade him one way or another because it was all about John Gruden and the way John Gruden was running this team. I think Derek Carr really has been one of the best leaders in the league, and and really the I believe the comeback player of the year. I, I think he's been fit sensational. I'll even take it a step further. If anyone else is the quarterback of this team, they fold completely, completely I fold. I agree, fellas. I agree, and then I also think that defensively, Gus Bradley, the coordinator for the Raiders. You know, I, I think he's going to put together a game plan. And, you know, I don't think they're necessarily going to, you know, stop the Bengals. But if they can contain Jamar Chase in the passing game and, and T. Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd, I think they will give themselves an opportunity. Do you do you guys think they should go man-to-man or do you think they should run a little bit of zone? Defense? Zone. Absolutely zone. The Raiders are mostly a zone scheme, but they should try to do as much combo as possible because they can't let Joe Burrow get comfortable. Yeah. I'd play a combo, too, because if Joe Burrow sits in that pocket and you give him time playing zone, he's going to eat you up alive. Joe they've Burrow, got, Tom they've Brady, got a top 10 pass rush. Joe Burrow is a pocket quarterback. He reminds me a lot. Like If, if anybody wants to you, you try to compare somebody to Tom Brady, it, Joe Burrows reminds me of uh, a young Tom Brady. He likes to see the field. He uses the field to his advantage. He's not a mobile quarterback. He steps into the pocket. He steps into his throws. And it, it reminds me a lot like Tom Brady. So I, I think that if you give him a chance to step in the pocket and make the play, he is going to burn you in zone defense. So yeah, I agree with that. I also think offensively it's going to be important for the Raiders to be able to run the football with Josh Jacobs. I mean, on the season, he got 872 rushing yards. Missed like four over, games. Over four yards, you know, per carry. Uh, he, he got, what, nine touchdowns on the season. So I think it's going to be important for the Raiders to be able to establish the running game and keep Joe Burrow on the sideline. And uh, I think they'll give themselves a chance. But I agree with you, uh, Earl. I think that Derek Carr is very underrated. <laughs> and, you know, I was talking to a lot of Bengal fans before week 18. And it was a good chance that the Patriots were going to play the Bengals. You know, I had Bengal fans that were talking about how they were excited to play Mac Jones. What? Now they're playing Derek Carr. I had to let the Bengal fans know this week, respectfully, you guys can lose to Derek Carr. Like they this, could. This, this they ain't could Mac lose Jones. to Mac Jones. I, but I would like, Tyler. I think the Patriots would have been a harder matchup for them. The Patriots would have whooped their ass. I wouldn't go uh, that man, far. I, but. I, I think, oh, no. Bel- you get Belichick? Oh, I think weeks. they win. I don't what? know about whoop their ass. Oh, that Belichick would have funneled them up like a freaking turkey. There is sack. only one game this week that could be an ass whooping, and we'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, uh, we know, we know yeah. what game that is. Yeah. yeah. Patriots, Patriots, Bills. I think this game, 
Uh, well, first of all, I'll, I'll let Speedy speak on his thoughts of both teams and where you know where he sees this team, uh, this game going. Yeah, this is going to be another one of those very cold games like you saw in the first meeting Freezing. when they played on Monday Night Football. So the identity of that definitely benefits the Patriots with their running game. But Buffalo made good adjustments in the second meeting, so it'll definitely be interesting to see which aspects of that they can carry over. A matchup that's going to be very interesting is the Bills linebackers and safeties versus the Patriots tight ends because they don't really have a, the great receivers. They use a lot of the tight ends with Hunter Henry having a career year and Jonu Smith's back now. So it'll be interesting to see if Mac Jones gets, sees that and gets taken away, will he be able to adjust to go to those receivers? Because the Patriots should attack the outside with the Bills not having white. How about you? Uh, how about you, Trey? I mean, you're looking at this game, and, and I, I will say this. Mac Jones is a rookie, so you're going into the game. Josh Allen's been here before, but Josh Allen hasn't played well in the playoffs. He reminds me a lot like Lamar Jackson. You put him in a situation. Last year, look, the Kansas City Chiefs put a lot of pressure on him. At the end of the game, he had penalties. He made a lot of mistakes, and people were talking about maybe this guy isn't the guy for this Bills team to take him to the promised land. But the one thing about the Patriots and the one thing that you know about Bill Belichick, he takes away your best player. He makes your second and third and fourth options have to play. It's cold. Uh, you know what the you know what the Bills are going to try to do, which they haven't done very well this year, is run the ball. Moss is not a good running back. Singletary's been a little bit better yeah. uh, in the second half of the season. But again, the Bills are not a running team. The Patriots are known to run the ball. They have a three-headed monster, really a four-headed monster. And, and, and the really, the difference between what this Patriots team was in the beginning season and what they are now is this team understands their identity. They can play defense, obviously can shut you down. Uh, they have one of the best corners in the league. So you're not going to be able to throw against them with digs. So if they take digs out, how are they going to beat them in the open field? That's going to be a question the Bills can only answer. And Josh Allen... I don't know if I trust Josh Allen in the big game until he proves to me in the third and fourth quarter when a play needs to be made that he can make it. So I, I, that's where I, I see this game going. Hey, I agree with you, Earl. I think the last time we saw Josh Allen in the playoffs, he didn't do too well. And then I remember a few years ago in his first playoff game against Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans, he got rattled in that game. And then I think last year when they played the Colts, in the first in, in, in the first round. Um, yeah, he didn't play very well in that game against Phillip Rivers in the Colts. So I agree with you. I want to see what Josh Allen is made of. I do agree with you also. Defensively, Belichick is going to take away Stephon Diggs. So I want to see what other weapon steps up in this Bills offense. I don't think the Bills are the type of team that can run the football. I think they are one-dimensional football team. And in the playoffs, in order to be a true contender, you have to be able to win multiple ways. So I've had my questions about this Bills team all year long. They're one of those teams to me, fellas, that could lose on wild card weekend, Mm -hmm. or they could possibly win a Super Bowl. I don't, I don't know what you're going to what you're going to get from this Bills team, but I do know that they're one dimensional, and I do know that Belichick's going to take out Stephon Diggs. It's going to be interesting to see what other weapon steps up for Josh Allen in this Bills offense. Now, real quick, on the other side, mm-hmm. I believe that the key for the Buffalo Bills defensively mm-hmm. is going to be to stop the Patriots rushing attack. Yep. In week 13 in Buffalo, the Patriots had 222 rushing Killed yards. Them. They couldn't stop the run at all. Mm-hmm. They, they are just like the LA Rams. Like the, the Rams struggle at stopping the run. Bills are the same way, and I think that's going to be a key. If the Patriots can run the football with Stevenson, with Bolden, 
with Harris, I think it can be some trouble for the Buffalo Bills defense. Tyler? I'm 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 so disappointed in all of you, honestly. So Josh Allen has a bad game against a team that goes to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl and he can't play in the big game. And he loses he was terrible against the Houston Texans his first game in the playoffs. Ooh. So let me just say this right now. Bill Belichick is going to take away Stephon Diggs, whatever the takeaway means. He's still going to be there. He's still going to get catches. He's still going to get yards. My question is, who for the Patriots in that middle linebacking core is going to keep up with Dawson Knox? Dawson Knox is going to be an X factor in this game for the Bills. You're going to see a lot of dumps. You're going to see a lot of in-seam routes. And Devin Singletary has been really good for the Bills the last three you weeks. You do forget that the Patriots have probably... Uh, the best front seven in football. No, 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 I said that no, going into no, the no, year. No, no, no. They, they have arguably two of the best right. uh, open field linebacking hitters in all of football. Jawan Bentley is going to be a run stopper. Matt Judon attacks the quarterback. So mm-hmm. who else am I missing here? Uh, Dante Hightower. All right. Who's the other kid that? Uh, but I don't think Hightower is keeping up with Knox. Uche. Uche. Uche is also a pass rusher. He's a guy that opens the field and he can hit That's you in fine. the open field. Hold on. Fast. I, but I'm not. And they we're have not good doing safety picks. play too. We're by not the way. Do, We're not. And Devin McCourty. Yeah, Devin McCourty's fantastic over the top. What I'm saying is you're not even going to see that. You're not going to see that. Emmanuel Sanders and Stephon Diggs. And by the way, Cole Beasley. Remember him? They're all going to beat you. Cole underneath. Beasley. Underneath. That's what you're, that's what you're threatening what you the Patriots on, Cole Beasley. Cole, Cole Beasley, who has, by the way has, has had never big games this year. Not against the Patriots. That's fine. Belichick takes away the top weapon. Josh Allen's job is going to be to beat him underneath. That's well, what you're going to so have to do. Gabriel Davis is going to have to be a big Here's the problem. Here's them, the so. problem. This is this is the only way Buffalo's going to win. They got to put pressure on Mac Jones. Mac Jones is the rookie. He's the guy that's never been they here. Could. That that is the most important thing. That should be the number one thing that the coaching staff is going to design. Blitz packages to put pressure on Mac Jones, get him uncomfortable in the pocket, make him do things that he is not comfortable doing. And if they do that, that is the only way they're going to beat the Patriots this no, week. No, you got to stop the run. Yeah, you got to stop the run. You got to. You're the- not stopping the run. You're Why? not. They're not. They're not stopping they're the Patriots. They're top five defense in football. They can they're, stop the run. They're not stopping the Patriots off a uh, running offense. They're not. I'm telling See, you right now. They're that, not. That's what the game plan should be. They're not going to put the ball in Mac Jones's hand. Not me, saying that he won't. He, Mac Jones is not capable of winning the big game. We've seen Mac Jones win the big game. So what I'm saying is, the best bet is to let that rookie. By the way, to I you, forgot about Van Noy and Jamie Collins too. Open uh, open field hitters too. It's, Jeff is right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm not saying. Hold on here. I'm trying not to give too much away here. All I'm saying Why is the, because we're not doing picks. Well, that doesn't matter. But we're talking the Bills, about the Bills and Patriots are the most even matchup of the weekend. I think it's going to be a very absolutely low scoring not. game. Absolutely not. What do you mean? The most even matchup game. They this were weekend. literally millipoints away from the division. The most even matchup game is, the Cardinals, is, is the Cardinals and Rams. Yeah, I I disagree. Real quick, completely. fellas. Real quick too. I also believe that. Offensively for the Patriots, we have to see which Mac Jones shows up because if this becomes a high-scoring I game, agree. and you know Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. score twenty-eight points or more, yep. I don't think Mac Jones can keep up with Josh Allen. Nope. I mean, on the season, Mac Jones got twenty-two touchdowns, thirteen interceptions. He's throwing for over thirty-eight hundred passing yards. Is it supposed to snow in Buffalo Sunday? He's a game, he's a game manager. And I don't think he can keep up with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills if this becomes a high-scoring affair. So if this game is like a game where you need Mac Jones to complete 30, 
passes and have three touchdowns, I don't think he can do it. And if it does snow, who's it, Who's the advantage go to? The Patriots. Patriots. The Patriots. Patriots. I agree with that. Their running game. I don't. Their running game. Yeah, but it, the it, it Bills running, running game will be there. Who? The Bills. Singletary and Moss. Give me a break. I mean, you Bill's saw Singletary carve up. Now I know they're the Jets, but he carved up the Jets. No. That's the Jets. And the Jets, had, the Jets couldn't stop a nosebleed in the running game this year. I know, but they were the worst run defense on the Chargers. They're, they were the worst, well, the second worst run defense in all of football. Okay, I know, but I'm just saying. Because they had no he, pass rush, and they had to clog, they, they couldn't clog up because their middle guys had to clog up the middle to get to the quarterback. It's terrible. I don't want to get into it. So, the Bills oh, are I so didn't mean to didn't bring up the, the Jets, really. But that's just the game he played the best of. All right, so uh, let's go into the Eagles and Buccaneers. Here's the ass whooping right here. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't think it's going to be an ass whooping because I think the Buccaneers, even though the Buccaneers, I believe, it, it has a very good chance of winning this game, uh, there is some deficiencies in this Buccaneers offense. Agreed. So, Speedy, you first. I, I, I don't know about ass whooping. I think the I think it's obviously the Buccaneers' favor, favorable just because the Eagles' defense is still flawed in a lot of areas. But here's the thing. With the Buccaneers receiving injuries, too, Darius Slay is going to be on Mike Evans the whole game rather than having to switch around with Godwin and having to switch around with even Antonio Brown if he was there. Like they, they, Now they can easily game plan for that. The problem is the Eagles' middle-of-the-field defense with their linebackers and safeties against those Buccaneers' tight ends is the bigger problem that they got to worry about. And even receiving backs are using Fournette in receiving game now. Ronald Jones uh, hasn't been great. Yeah, so I think those are the matchups that Tampa is going to expose the most. And then the Eagles' uh, offense is going to be have a lot of interesting matchups too with smaller receivers against those bigger Tampa corners is going to be very hard. So they're going to have to get their tight ends evolved too, which is going to, which they really haven't done all season. So that'll be up to Nick Sirianni to game plan for that kind of thing. I think looking at this game, it's really the battle of the quarterbacks. I mean, Jalen Hurts, <laughs> you're going to laugh. You're going you're gonna to laugh, but I'm going to say something. I know you're laughing because Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback in, in the playoffs. He's the best history. quarterback in the league right now. No, he's not. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is. Aaron Rodgers oh, is. No, he's no, not. He's not. But uh, first of all, and, and going into this game, it, it, Tom Brady, obviously the quarterback, everybody thinks that this game is going to completely go on his side. The reason why I say it, it, it's, it's the battle of the quarterbacks is Jalen Hurts is a running quarterback. And what has the Buccaneers had problems doing all season long is stopping the running quarterback. This has been a huge problem for them this year, and I think it's going to be a huge problem in this game because Jalen Hurts can find the seams. They have a good running game. They have the probably the best running they game. They do have the best running game running in game football. Running game in football, and that's something the Buccaneers can't do. They can't stop. They couldn't stop the Jets in the running game this year. So when you look at the Buccaneers, and yeah, JPP will be in this game. A lot of their players are going to be in. Leonard Fournette might play in this game. We don't know, but uh, this this game could absolutely fall on the Eagles' level because Jalen Hurts is a running quarterback. He's, he's he's very hard to take down. He's got a good arm inside and out of the pocket. He's made some really incredible throws in, in really bad spots for the Eagles. So I'm telling you right now, as good as Tom Brady is, and he can make a play at the end of the game, don't be surprised if the Eagles have the lead with two minutes and 30 seconds left of the game. Trey, what are your thoughts? Well, fellas, these two teams faced off against each other in week six earlier this season. Mm-hmm. The Buccaneers beat the Eagles 28-22. Yes. So the game was actually competitive mm-hmm. uh, in week six. I think the important factor in this game is going to be which team can impose, you know, their will against the other team. Like, which team can, you know, you know, basically play to their strengths. If the Eagles can run the football with Jalen Hurts, I think that could be a recipe for success 
for the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles, they average 160 rushing yards per game. That's ranked first in the NFL. And like you said, Earl, the Buccaneers defense, they have struggled against mobile quarterbacks. So I think if the Philadelphia Eagles can run the football with Jalen Hurts and they can keep this game close, I think this game could be interesting, you know, in the second half. But if Tom Brady comes out and throws the ball around the yard and the Buccaneers score, you know, 28, 31 points, I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to keep up with the Buccaneers. So I think whichever team can play to their strengths, and that's the Bucs, you know, in the passing game, Eagles in the running game, I think that's the team that's going to come out on top. Um, I don't know what you guys are smoking, but I'll take some. Uh, the Buccaneers are actually the fifth best team in the league against the Rush. So I don't know. Not what against you, the Russian quarterback. Hold on, though. What I'm trying to tell you is they can clearly stop the run, and Jalen Hurts is going to have to beat them with his arm. You can say whatever you want. At some point, the kid's going to have to make a throw. Uh, yeah, Dallas Goddard is phenomenal, and he's going to be the number one option. To, I don't think Devontae Smith stands a chance on the outside in this game. Dallas Goddard uh, on Devin White. I like Devin White uh, in that matchup. I I don't see much. Nobody's saying the Buccaneers no, can't I, win this I, game. I, I, I understand that. I don't but you can't see... sit here and say there's no chance in hell no, the Eagles it, could it's win. No, it's any given Sunday. I get it. I'm just trying to look. I, logically, I mean, the Eagles could punch Tom Brady in the mouth, and they could make this a very long day. We all know Tom Brady in the NFC East in the playoffs. Fine. I get it. I I just don't see it happening. I, I mean, yeah, I guess if they really punch him in the mouth and they go out there and if the Eagles, who was the last team that punched Tom Brady in the mouth in the Super Bowl? The Giants. That's why I said the NFC East the, Eagles. the playoffs. The Eagles. Oh, bro, that's true. But the Tom, Eagles. Yeah, but that's a little bullshit too. That was his best playoff he had, performance. He had over 500 passing yards. Yeah, that was his best game yeah, in the that, Super that's Bowl. That's fine, but who who punched him in the mouth when he needed to make a play in the open field? The Eagles did. And the I Eagles put a lot of pressure on him in the game. Yeah, he threw 500-some-odd yards. But even with the 500-some-odd yards, when you watch the Eagles in the important parts of the game, especially in the fourth quarter, he they put a lot of pressure on him. And they understand how to beat Tom Brady. Now, it's a different coach, different team. We all know that. I, again, how do you beat Tom Brady? You got to put pressure on him in well, the that's pocket. every quarterback. Hold on. You got to put pressure, and you have to run the ball. Who is the best running team in all of football? The Eagles. Who has the one of the best running quarterbacks, mobile quarterbacks in the league? The Eagles do. So can they win this game? Absolutely. Will they? We don't know. Let oh, me, we let, know. Let me, let me be very, very clear to you guys. I am going to have my Eagles pom-poms on Sunday when I watch this game. I want the Eagles to beat the Bucks. So the Packers are off to face the 49ers. Not only that. You better Bucks not get are, San Francisco. The Bucks will be out. I want the Bucks to go home. So I, I, I would love if Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles can pull off the upset over Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I'm bring it on. And, and here's another thing. The Buccaneers' defense has not been 100% healthy all season long. Levante David's coming back. And yeah, that's fine. But you, you remember. And you, Shaq Barrett. It's, it's, Shaq Barrett, too. Yes, but here's the, here's the problem here. They with with football, you need momentum. You need you need the reps. You're going into a playoff game in a big game where you're putting pressure. Where these teams and all the best players are ready to go. I, I don't know if they're 100 percent healthy, but nobody's 100 percent healthy going into this game. I'm telling you right now, this game is not a shoe in that the Buccaneers win. I'm telling you right no, now. It's, I, I, I'm I'm even I'm kind of kind of deciding if I'm going to go with a, an upset in this game. 
I, Are I, you serious? I'm, I'm being serious. I think that this game could absolutely be an upset. I think this, out of all the games, this could be the biggest upset of the week. Uh, no so, way. Uh, I'm no telling way. you, San Francisco, yeah. Cowboys, Speedy. So this will be interesting because of the way the 49ers have operated their offense in the second half of the season. I think they've done a very good job in terms of decoying their opponent's top defenders. And the Cowboys, outside of Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons, they don't have a, like, a ton of a lot of other great defensive players. Van Der Esch, too, I guess. But they really are top-heavy, and I think, the, I think the depth that the Niners have, that running game that they've emerged with, and even out of the backfield, we've even seen Devo Samuel run it. Since George Kittle's come back, you've really seen this offense really make a difference in that. Now, the Niners' secondary against the Cowboys' receivers is a huge mismatch for the Cowboys. So I think this is going to end up being a very high-scoring game in this. And both these quarterbacks have done well in certain points in the playoffs. As much as Sam doesn't like to think that Dak hasn't played well, he's played well in a lot of those games. So the, the difference, I think, will be the running games. Dallas has a great run defense. The Niners have a very creative rushing offense. And then vice versa. The Niners can stop the run. The Cowboys are streaky running the ball. So I think that'll be the difference in this game with the two coaches, too. This game with uh, San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo's last hurrah, because I don't, I don't think he's back here next year. And this is a good chance for him to prove himself as a quarterback and really take this team as far as he can possibly take this team. I, I think the problem going into this game against the Cowboys, being that it is in Dallas, it, the thing is, is I, I really trust more in Dak Prescott in this game than, than Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to tell you why. I think when you look at the big picture, I'm not a big fan of Ezekiel Elliott in this game or Pollard, but I think the wide receiving core of obviously Cooper and obviously C.D. Lamb, I think they're more prolific. Now, Samuels played very well last week. He did everything. He could throw touchdowns. He could catch touchdowns. He did everything that you want a wide receiver to do, and he's Debo Samuel, Samuels becoming a superstar right in front of Rise. But here's the problem with San Francisco. As good as San Francisco is defensively, they have deficiencies. And you saw what happened at the end of the game of the Rams. The Rams should have won that game. They really should have won that game. But the problem with the Rams is they gave them they, they gave them breathing room. And they gave yeah. even when they were at set when they were up 17-0, the Rams kind of st- stood back and let them play catch-up. You cannot let San Francisco play catch-up. They have weapons. They can run the ball. They're as good as running team than anybody in football. You know Absolutely. what Kyle you know what Kyle Shanahan likes to do. He likes to run the ball first, throw second. That's his that's his strategy. The Cowboys need to put pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. Make him step into the pocket and make plays. I think I think Parsons is a great guy, a great guy to to put pressure on him. Lawrence, earn your money, earn your paycheck, put some pressure. And Van Der Esch, who wants a big contract in the end of the season, put the put your pedal to the metal, up the gut. Don't let them run the ball and stop the run. If they do that, they beat the San Francisco 49ers. Trey, what do you think? Um, the matchup that I'm looking forward to the most, fellas, is going to be, you know, Kyle Shanahan. Facing off against Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, you got those two guys. They were both in Atlanta. They gave up the 23, uh, 28-3 lead to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. I think whichever one of those two loses this game, whether it's Kyle Shanahan or Dan Quinn, whoever loses this game, that person should take responsibility for that lead given up in the Super Bowl. But uh, when it comes to this game, I think offensively for the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys have an advantage in the passing game with Cedric Wilson, you know, with Mari Cooper, with CeeDee Lamb, that 49ers secondary is extremely suspect. And I think if the 40, if the Cowboys can protect that Prescott, I think the Cowboys can have some success in the passing game. I agree with you, Earl. 
I don't believe in Ezekiel Elliott. I do believe in Tony Pollard. I think Tony Pollard has the home run capabilities as a, as a running back. But I think if the Cowboys can protect Dak Prescott, they can expose, you know, this 49ers secondary. But up front, Bosa and Armstead can create some trouble for that overrated Cowboys offensive line. It's going to be interesting to see who wins that battle. But on the flip side, I think Jimmy Garoppolo in this game, he's going to have to make some plays just like he did in Week 18 against the L.A. Rams in order for the 49ers to be able to pull off this win. And I thought late in that game, fellas, Jimmy G stepped up when he needed to. Like that drive that tied the game up late in regulation, that got the game in overtime, Jimmy Garoppolo made some big-time throws. And I agree with you, Earl, for what you said. Debo Samuel is a promising receiver. And you got, George Kittle, you got George Kittle at tight end. So this game, honestly, fellas, out of all the games on Wild Card Weekend, this game and the Rams-Cardinals game are the two games I'm most interested in watching because I really I, I think the 49ers can upset the Cowboys. Mm. I really do. I think the Cowboys should be on upset alert. Should be? They are. They are very well alert. I, I think I think this is the biggest up. I, I actually think the Cowboys are the underdog going into the game, to be honest with you. Really? Absolutely. The San Francisco Niners had a harder schedule. They had harder competition, which goes into the schedule. And they've dealt with more injuries. Like, Dak Prescott, to me, the last four weeks has been given the most leniency we've ever seen a star quarterback get going into the playoffs. This is a 12-5 team. They played the Eagles twice, who barely got in the playoffs. They played the Giants twice, which are the laughing stock of the league. They played the Redskins twice. What are you – I'm sorry, the football team. Like, what are we supposed to really make of this Cowboy team? Now, if they go in there, they shut everybody up, and they punch, you know, the San Francisco Niners in the mouth, whatever, fine, good with that. But outside, like you said, Micah Parsons is really the only guy I have faith in. Trevon Diggs is a boomer bust corner. He's going to give up the big play or he's going to make the big play. In a playoff game, that 50-50 gamble will cost you the game if you miss. So I don't know what to make of this team. He he doesn't have a whole lot of help on the other side. And Debo Samuel's fantastic. He's awesome. Brandon Ayuk had a great year, too, in the second half. George Kittle, when he came back from injury because he was hurt, well before he they put him on the IR, he's been phenomenal. And by the way, this is the type of game where Kyle Juszczyk earns all of his money. He's a phenom- They're the best running blocking team in the league. Juszczyk is a great pass blocker. He's always leading the running game. Trent Williams, good luck. Good luck to Marcus Hold Lawrence on, on earning that Trent, money. Trent Williams is coming back from injury. Trent he's Williams not- has the highest grade of any tackle in yeah, the league. And he, had, I, and, and he hasn't been 100% I don't care. All right. Well, that's yeah, I don't care. He, he Trent Williams at 80 or 75% is better than half the tackles at 100%. Yeah. I disagree. He, I heard Cowboy fans, fellas, you know, they were so excited. <laughs> you don't listen to them. They were The Cowboy fans were celebrating Dak Prescott after his Week 18 performance. He had five touchdowns, 295 pass yards. But they were going up against the Eagles' JV team. I mean, the Eagles didn't play none of their starters. So, <laughs> Cowboy fans were excited about Prescott, you know, in his five-touchdown performance. But uh, I want to see in this game, you know, honestly, like, the pressure is on the Cowboys. 100%. And the 49ers are playing with house money. This is a bad matchup for the Dallas Cowboys. It really, really is. And I think defensively, if the Cowboys aren't creating turnovers – I think you can run on this Cowboys defense. I think you can also pass on this Cowboys defense if you can contain Micah Parsons. 
like you said, Tyler, I think Diggs, either he's catching an interception or he's getting burnt. I think this Cowboys defense can can be had. And I think the 49ers and Cal Shanahan, they're licking their chops and they're looking to pull off the upset in Jerry World Sunday afternoon. All right, Chiefs, Steelers, uh, Speedy first. Yeah, the Steelers, again, they're really massive underdogs in this one. And Najee Harris is probably going to have to have I close... think that's the way they like it, by yeah. the way. Yeah, I think Najee Harris is going to have to have close to 200 yards if the Steelers want to have any shot at winning this game because the Chiefs are still not great against the run. And the Steelers, I mean, they are sometimes are the Chiefs' defense sometimes vulnerable to the deep balls, but the Steelers really don't have the deep threat receivers, and Big Ben has lost, like, all sense of arm strength. So they're really going to have to do a running People defense. gave up on Ben in this Steelers team, and I, I did – you you got to give them a lot of credit to get into the playoffs. So yeah, they battled them out. They battled them. Don't a lot count of lo- them out in this game. They I'm battled in a lot of low scoring games for sure. They they they're gritty. If the game is close, yeah, I would definitely give the edge to the Steelers. The question is, can you play a low scoring game with the Chiefs? It's going to be another thing to to judge. I know Jeff was making fun of me saying what I thought the Chiefs and Steelers the last time I played, but I I'm telling you right now. This Steelers team is a different team when they get into the playoffs. They're a gritty team. And they can get after you. And I, I'm telling you right now, T.J. Watt, he has proven why he's Defensive Player of the Year. I think with, with the quarterback play, obviously Mahomes is the much better quarterback in this class, in this game. Absolutely. But I don't know, looking at this Kansas City Chiefs team, even with Kelsey and, and Hill, I don't know if there's a secondary or thirdary type of wide receiver that's going to dominate this game. I really don't. Um, Hartson, uh, Hartman, I, I, I don't think Hartman is that great of a wide receiver. <laughs> I, I, a joke. I, I think that when you look at Hill, if you can take Hill out of the game, and even if you let Kelsey catch the ball, I don't know if this Kansas City Chiefs team could run the ball in the big game. I, I And as much as we think that they can, they haven't really proved it in the playoffs the last couple of years. I think this, is this to me, has been their problem with Williams a couple of years ago. Williams, he was their best running back. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't know what this team is. We do know the Steelers can run the ball. And we also know the Steelers can come after you. What scares me me about the Steelers is their secondary. They have one guy back there. That's it. Fitzpatrick. That's the only guy. Everybody else, I don't trust any of them. They're all old men that, that, or a young guy that probably doesn't know his ass from his tailbone. Yeah, like fourth round picks. I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't trust them in a secondary when it comes to opening up the field with Tyreek Hill. Are you, are you going to let Tyreek Hill beat you down the field? I don't know what the Steelers team is going to do against Tyreek Hill if he becomes an open target in the open field. That's going to be the problem. I think they could take out one or the other, Kelsey. I think they could take out Kelsey. I don't believe they could take out Tyreek Hill. And that's going to be a huge problem in this game because I can see Tyreek Hill having 170 yards. At halftime. Yeah, two touchdowns, three touchdowns, and the game's over. But I could also see the Steelers controlling the clock, playing their defensive game, and really keeping themselves in this game. So I'm... Don't count the Steelers out in this game. I'm telling you. Don't Earl, count them out. Stop, Earl. Stop. Stop. I'm Guys. Just telling you. This, this, just telling you. This, this is Big Ben's retirement party. It's going to be Sunday night on NBC. I hope. They've got the champagne I, waiting for him. I hope they, they the win this game. I hope yeah. they win this game because I, I'm going to I am going to come back and I'm going to laugh at everybody because I well, think. Well, you haven't picked them yet. I, I didn't, but I'm going to tell you this right now. This is not going to be a shoo-in game. It was a shoo-in game the last game. This game is not going to be a shoo-in. I'm telling you right now. Didn't you say the last game was going to be close? It, yeah. It, it, it's going to be this, cold. It's going to be snowy. 
it, Mahomes, Kansas Mahomes City played in that. Uh, that's that's fine. It's going to be cold. It's going to be snowy. It's going to be all about the running game. And if you're going to ask me who I trust, Najee Harris or Edward Solaire is a pretty good uh, runner. The yeah. Steelers also drop the ball a lot too, too when it's cold. Yeah, the Steelers so, yeah. have also had trouble stopping the run too, though. Well, so yeah. and so is the Chiefs. So, yeah. So the Chiefs are one of the worst. So don't get me started with that. I'm yeah. telling you, if it becomes a running game, I would bet on the Steelers more than the Kansas City Chiefs. It's not happening, Earl. This is, like I said, this is Big Ben's retirement party. This is his, uh, his farewell. I think that the Chiefs are going to dominate this game the same way they dominated the Steelers in Week 16. In Week 16, the Chiefs beat the Steelers 36-10, and Travis Kelsey didn't even play in that game. So I think this game oh. is going to go the same way it went in oh, Week 16. What are you I just don't see the Pittsburgh Steelers being able to keep up with the Kansas City Chiefs has been able to score enough points. If the Chiefs score 24, I don't think the Steelers can score no more than, you know, 17 points. That's even be, that's being nice. I just think they don't score enough. And I think and you're going to be able to win with that if it's snowy and cold and windy over true. there in Arrowhead. I agree with that. That's their only chance. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers overachieve this year. And let's just be honest, fellas. The only reason the Steelers and the Chiefs are playing this week it's because of the new playoff format. Hey, well, sure. In, pre- hey, in yeah. previous years, I don't the, like the seven Trey, games teams in pre- either. In Trey, previous years, Trey. the Steelers wouldn't even been a playoff team. Hey, Trey. Right. Trey, remember in 2010 with the New York Jets? Remember what their record was, nine and seven, that they everybody said they overachieved. What happened with that team with Mark Sanchez at the quarterback? Yeah. What one, happened with that one team? One could throw the ball five yards. No, it was called. They controlled the clock. They controlled the running game, and that's how they beat them. That's how they beat all the teams. That's how they beat the Patriots. That's how they beat uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Colts. Mm -hmm. That's how they beat them. They ran the ball up the gut, and they depended on the defense. And I'm telling you right now, T.J. Watt could put the pressure on this team. And if he does, I'm telling you, it's because it's windy and it's cold, it's going to be closer than people think. By the way, speaking of the Patriots, Jeff has arrived. All right, we'll put Jeff on. Fellas, earlier, earlier I was watching First Things First. Um, on on Fox, Nick Wright, he no. went as far as to say that he would sit Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill in this game. No, That's he's, an idiot. He, he's, he's an idiot. He only has a job to kiss LeBron's ass. Otherwise, he'd have no job at all. Mm. He's an idiot. He's an absolute idiot. I couldn't idiot. believe he said that. I couldn't believe Trey, he what said are you – I mean, not Trey. Uh, uh, who, what, who do you think? This game, to me, really isn't even worth talking about. Yeah. However, this will be a game of two halves. The first half, I could even see Pittsburgh going into halftime with a lead. Uh, very close, 10-7, 10-9, 14-10, something like that. In the second half, the Chiefs are breaking the doors open, though. I, I, I can't see. Pittsburgh is tired. Najee Harris is beat up. Big Ben, God forbid, he throws the ball five yards. He looks like he's you know going to lose his arm out of his socket. He didn't look bad last game. He looked awful last I, week. I, I, he made the plays that he needed to do to win the game. He missed a Chase Claypool that's route fine. two yards and, out. And we, he and hit the ground. That's that's fine. Let's let's look at what? what he did in the game that made the game that helped them win the game. So don't don't he count threw the him. ball fifty times and had two hundred yards. That's that's fine. That's what three and a half they yards. They still won attempt? the game. They still won the game. And no, Lamar Jackson. Whatever. Real quick, fellas, fellas, I want to make a case for why the Steelers could possibly pull off the upset. I know it's not going to happen, but I want to make the case. Oh, you're a fence rider too now? 
No, no, I know the Chiefs. This is that's what it is. I know the Chiefs. I know it's not going to be a blowout. He's worried about the Packers. He's worried about the Packers at the Super Bowl. Buccaneers and Chiefs have to lose, make all the path easier for the Packers. I hope they win. Meanwhile, they're going to lose to the 49ers just as easily. I really, really hope the Pittsburgh Steelers win. I really hope. This is the only hope the Steelers have. I was listening to Roethlisberger's press conference. He talked about how we don't really have a chance and. You know, we're just going to show up and have some fun. I think Ben Roethlisberger, he wants Micah Fitzpatrick, T.J. Watt, Najee Harris on the offensive side of the ball. You know, I think he wants them to help him keep this game close. No shit. In the fourth quarter. (laughs) No shit, Sherlock. Hold on real quick. No, because in the fourth quarter, Roethlisberger actually elevates his game. Listen Listen to these numbers, fellas. In the first through You third, are a wise guy. I thought this whole time your quarter. moniker was a lie. <laughs> in the first quarter through the third quarter, Big Ben's completion percentage is 62%. In the fourth quarter, it's 70%. His yards per play in the first through third quarter is 5.7. In the fourth quarter, 7.3. Touchdown to interception, touchdown to interception ratio. First through third quarter, 10 to 9. Fourth quarter, 12 to 1. His passer rating in the first through th- third quarter is 76 and in the fourth quarter 109 so if this game is close in the fourth quarter tyler you're not going to give ben roethlisberger a slim chance it won't be close in the fourth quarter okay okay Okay. i'm I'm gonna remember you said that it won't be close in the fourth i I don't i don't look it's gonna be cold and windy i'm gonna i'm gonna look at the weather but the chiefs have played in that weather it's at their stadium so they're accustomed to that weather too. and the last time they played in a playoffs in that I'm weather not to... it was one play away for pittsburgh beating them i understand Najee harris is beat up he shouldn't have even played last week going into the game and then he got hurt two plays into the game it's not like if Najee harris was healthy we're having a conversation here he's not healthy He's one Chris Jones hit away it from is going, going on the bench. Hold on one second. It is going to snow at 5 a.m. throughout the day on Saturday. That means it's going to be cold. It's and gonna it's going to be, be icy. And it's going to be icy. And best, guess what? On Sunday, Sunday night, it's going to be 20 degrees. I'm telling you this, and it's going to be windy. I'm telling you it's going to be a running game. Whoever has the buddy running team is going to win this game. I'm telling hey, you right now. False. True or false? The Eagles got a better chance at upsetting the Bucks, then the Steelers got of upsetting the Chiefs. True or false? False. True. false. That's true. Wait, who did he say? I would say true. False. Reword it again. I wasn't listening. Tyler, let me say it again, Tyler. The Eagles got a better chance at beating the Bucks than the Steelers at beating the Chiefs. I think that's true. True. Yeah. The that's Eagles can fact. upset the Bucks more than the Steelers could upset. I, the Chiefs. I think that's false because wow. of the weather and how cold it's going to be and how windy it's going to be. I'm telling you right now, you can't cut, you can't count out a Super Bowl champion in Ben Roethlisberger. I'm just telling you right now, he will. But you can count out. Tom listen, Brady. listen, I didn't, I didn't say you count out. A matter of fact, I said, I, who's to say I'm not going to pick Tom Brady to win that game? Well, we're about to find out. Yeah, you're about to find out. So, who? First of all, when you look at Pittsburgh and what Pittsburgh has done over the years, and Ben Roethlisberger, you think that he's not the? He says there's no chance they have. He's clearly he's, kidding. He, honestly, he's just trying to tell his team that. Put, put it on my shoulder. This is the last hurrah that I have. <laughs> His last hurrah is right. He won't make it to week 19 if there All is right. one. Yeah. Right. I think I think, I think, I think Roethlisberger was playing a little mind games there too, Earl. I, I, I think, think he is too. I think what he was trying to do was he wanted to put into the heads of the Chiefs players 
oh, we're going to walk all over Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. We're going to blow them out like we did in Week 16. So I think Roethlisberger knew what he was doing with his comment. I just hope I, I just hope we see a good game. I don't want to see any kind of you know crazy like uh, you know forty to, to, to twelve. I want to see games. I want to see the games close. I want to see them fun to watch. Okay, before we get Jeff on quickly, uh, the final game of the week. I think the best game of the week, and you know it is Arizona Rams. At the Rams. All right. Two matchups on both ends I'll look at. One of which is the Cardinals' ability to run the ball, not with Kyler Murray, but with their running backs. James Conner's been a little banged up lately. Chase Edmonds just coming back from injury against the Rams' outside rushing defense, which has had a lot of trouble. And that's the biggest matchup. I think if the Cardinals can control it, they could definitely do well offensively. And then the Rams, can they run the ball with Cam Akers coming back from his injury against a bad Cardinals' run defense? He was great in the playoffs last year, was Dominic against Seattle. Trey, you know this. In the first half against the Packers, did very well until the Packers started to run away with that game. Then they couldn't really run the ball. So he's been very good in the playoffs so far. And Henderson's another one that's been good at times for the Rams this year. So can Sean McVay play those matchups? I'm telling you right now, if the L.A. Rams don't win this game, say goodbye to Sean McVay because he's going to be looking for a job at the end of the season. There is no way he's keeping this job. This is a very important game for the Rams to win, especially – if the Super Bowl actually is played in L.A., I've been hearing that it might be moved to Dallas because of some of the restrictions over there with COVID-19 in L.A. So it could be very much in Dallas. That's what the, the conversation is right now uh, for the Super Bowl. But nevertheless, you're looking at the battle of the quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford has only been in the playoffs, what, once or twice? Yeah. Uh, he hasn't really been there that much. Uh, Kyler Murray, the, the, he's kind of a rookie. He's really he hasn't really been there uh, very much. He hasn't been there at all. Nope. I don't think. Nope. So this is his first time there. And Kyler Murray's been fighting injury all year round. And uh, with the Connor situation, with who who's going to be the running back, and really this defense is JJ Watt going to come back somewhat healthy to put pressure, and it's going to help out on the edges because that's what they need. That's been a big, huge problem that they've had really throughout the season. So Chandler Jones, we know he's going to do what he can do. If, if Watt could give the pressure and put the pressure on, and Javen uh, Collins and, and some of the different players that we've seen this year, I think the Arizona Cardinals have a very good chance to win this game, go over there to L.A., and knock off the Rams, a team with Von Miller and and, and Jalen Ramsey, these guys. Eric Weddle's back. Eric Weddle. Bringing Eric Weddle back. Oh, my God. What a smack in the face if this team loses. Uh, and you bring back all these old-timers. Uh, Besides somewhere else. <laughs> or something. I don't well, know. What Eric, Eric Weddle was only going to come back to this. I think this game is going to be the battle of the running games. I really do. Whoever can run the ball in this game better is going to win this game. So it, it's going to be very interesting, Trey. Yeah, I, it is going to be interesting. And it's going to be a ton of pressure on Matthew Stafford. To your point, Earl. Matthew Stafford in the postseason. He's 0-3. He has a four-touchdown, the thir- three-interception touchdown or interception ratio. That also was yeah. the Lions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was, it was with the Lions. Uh, he has 302 passing yards. I watched the game last week against the San Francisco 49ers, fellas, and I believe Matthew Stafford gets rattled in key moments in games. And the last four weeks of the season, eight interceptions. He's so hurt. I don't trust – Stafford in the postseason. I trust Kyler Murray a little bit more than I trust Matthew Stafford right now. I think the Cardinals can run the football in this game. And I, you saw last week how the Rams struggled to stop the run against the 49ers. I think they're going to struggle against the Cardinals. Since they like so, to trade pieces, they might as well trade their coach. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, they trade their whole freaking future. So Yeah, like I said, I think the Rams, everything that they've given up, you know, for Matthew Stafford, 
They they gave up everything they gave up for Matthew Stafford. They gave up the Jared Goff and picks. This is the moment. Two first rounds and a third. Yeah, this and is the Jared moment Goff. of truth. Jared Goff. The same Jared Goff that, that played won very three well. games this year. Jared, on the Lions with no wide receivers. Well, we've seen yeah, Stafford win the, with that same roster win Jared five, Goff, six, seven. Jared Goff games. got him to the Super Bowl. They traded yeah, for Matthew right. Stafford right. for the postseason. That's this right. is why right. you right. traded for Matthew Absolutely. Stafford. Absolutely. So, so why you say you have more faith in a guy that's never here, been there here, over a Pro here. Bowl quarterback is crazy to me. Jared Goff, for Pro Bowl quarterback, Jared Goff was a Pro Bowl quarterback. And Jared Goff. With Sean McVay. Jared Goff has 3,245 yards with no wide receivers and 19 touchdowns to 8 interceptions. That, that's a that's good not, season. That's, that's a good true. season. What do you mean There's it's not true? There's weapons over there in Detroit. Who? So Who? You just had, you just had St. Brown break the rookie reception record. Okay, so clearly there's talent, and uh, Josh Reynolds they brought in late in the season, who's a talented wide receiver. He's just a head wonderful, case. wonderful. And Troy he- uh, TJ Hawkinson is a really good tight end, and DeAndre Swift's a really good running back. There's talent there. There's talent on the offense. There's talent. You're acting like they're playing with peanuts. They're they're not as good as you say they are. They really they're are. not the Rams, but hey, they're hey, talented. Hey. There's talent there. Let, let me give they're a football team. They're an NFL football team. They better be talent. Jared Goff, Jared Goff's not that good, but that those weapons aren't that good either. Detroit's terrible. But listen, here's the thing, fellas. You remember earlier in the season, the first matchup, the Cardinals, they dominated the Rams earlier in the season. And then later in the season, in Arizona, the Rams were able to beat the Cardinals. So, you know, these are two teams who, you know, Face off against each other twice a year. Oh, They're right very right. familiar with each other. Um, I think it's going to hurt the Cardinals not having D Hop. Uh, I think that's that's a key piece for this Cardinals offense. But I still think Kyler Murray can make some magic and make you know something out of nothing. And I think the Cardinals got a chance. Cardinals are a very very good road team. They play better on the road versus being at home. Yep. So I give the Cardinals a chance in this game for sure. Lost five straight home games. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we have Jeff there. Yep. I guess Nif- Nithin didn't show I don't show know where Nithin is. I sent him the link. I don't know where he went. I don't know. The guy disappears off the face of the earth. He'll probably pop in 10 minutes left of the show. And wait for the Cowboys game. The show. No, no, but 13 minutes, but he'll pop Yeah, he'll, he'll pop, pop in, in at 10. He's got three minutes. <laughs> yeah, he'll pop in in ten, you know, 10 minutes of the show. And he'll go, hey, guys, I thought I was going to, you know. Anyways, Jeff, you here? Sure. All right, so why don't we go through the games uh, your thoughts through the games all the way to the end. All right, so Raiders, Bengals, Speedy. I'm going to take the Bengals in this one. I think it's going to be very close. I think both these quarterbacks do well late in the games. The one matchup I don't really like for the Raiders is they rely a lot on their tight ends and their slot receivers, and the Bengals are actually pretty good in the middle of the field with Logan Wilson, with Pratt, with uh, Jesse Bates, who I think is one of the best safeties in football. I don't really think they have the outside receivers to take advantage of the Bengals' iffy corners. That's the one thing that I think they'll cost them. The Ra- Bengals can stop the run, the Raiders running the ball, that'll cancel out, and same thing vice versa with the, with the pass. I think they both play well, but not great. I'm going to take the Bengals in a close one. They break the t- playoff drought 24-20. to 20. Tyler. So, I, I completely agree. I think the Bengals are going to win this game. And the name to watch out for is Von Bell. Because Von Bell yes. is going to stuff Josh Jacobs. He's been very inconsistent all year. He's been hurt all year. That's great. Derek Carr at some point. The Magic just runs. This Raider team, I think, just had a bad strain of luck. And honestly, for Actually, them. good this, luck. Uh, yeah, good, good luck. luck. Right. You're the only one that thinks they had good luck all year. Anybody, You're trying any to say that, too hot. Any any team that loses no, the I'm players and the that coaches they were five that they had, and, and, and then the all the wheels fell off for this organization. All the wheels? A, they made the, the playoffs. Wheels. 
They made the playoffs. By the skin of their teeth because the Chargers are retarded. Yeah, the Bengals I mean, win this game pretty convincingly, I would even say, 34-17. You do realize they would have made the playoffs still if they tied. Wait, you Both got, teams would have made the playoffs. Yeah, I know, but the Chargers tying wouldn't keep the Raiders out of the playoffs. What did you but say, the Chargers Trey? Win to keep what the did you say, Trey? Uh, Tyler, you got, the, you got the Bengals 34-17? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I just <clears> think that I, I think they have had some bad luck this year, but I think this Raiders team, they've shown resiliency. I mean, they've, they've overcome so many things not this bad year luck. with their coach, you know, you know, with Henry Ruggs. <clears throat> so I think this Raiders team. That's good be, luck. That's good luck for all the bad luck. Resiliency had. is not luck. Uh, yeah, they're going to be a tough out, though. Good. You, Listen, for all the bad luck they've had, they've had a lot of luck to get into the playoffs. Everything fell, fell out of their way. Their coach, who nobody thought was going to take him. By the way, Jeff, who do you got in this game? Uh, this is going to be one of the most historic events of the weekend. Um, just a little history here. In 1991, that was the last time the Bengals won a playoff game, right? Mm -hmm. In 1992, the first text message was sent and the cell phone was invented. That means there has never been a text message sent about a Bengals playoff win. That changes this weekend. I'm taking the Bengals. (laughs) Trey loves that one a little too much. Um. This is going to be a very interesting game because I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. I think Josh Jacobs is going to be able to run the ball. I also think that Oakland uh, has had a lot of luck on their side this year. I, with the coaching and the coaching situation in a coach, uh, even Jeff says uh, their coach, uh, their interim coach, uh, deserves a lot of credit of possibly being coach of the year. I, I think they've been very impressive. But I think the fact that they're going into Cincinnati, I think it's going to be very, very cold. I think Joe Burrows really has the fans on his Burrow. side. Burrow, whatever, dude. It doesn't matter if it's Burrows or Burrow. Who cares? Why do you have to even say anything? It's so stupid. It's hilarious. You good, good. You don't even know the good. It doesn't matter. And how many times have you said something stupid? So don't even get me started. All right? So... I, I think when you look at the Bengals situation and, and where the Bengals are in this game, I think they have the better running game because I think they they have the better running defense. So I'm going to go with the Bengals, but I wouldn't be surprised if the, the Oakland Raiders win. But the Bengals are going to win. This is going to be a very close game. Uh, I'm going to say 21-18, the Bengals. Hey, uh, real quick, fellas, too. I didn't even I, – I just – I actually just recently found this out. Uh Last time, or back in a long time ago, when Bo Jackson played, he messed up his hip against the Bengals. I just thought that was some yeah. interesting history right there. Mm-hmm. He messed up his hip against them. Patriots, Bills. I'm going to take the Patriots in this one. I think the coaching will definitely make a difference. I know Mac Jones is the first time in the in the playoffs, but like you guys have mentioned, Josh Allen's kind of iffy in the playoffs too. I think the cold weather game definitely benefits the Patriots. And I do think as well, the Bills having a lot of trouble in close games this year. 0-5 in one possession games, is it's not a good recipe for the playoffs. In addition to what you were saying, Trey, the running game really not being trustworthy. And if somebody takes out Stephon Diggs, who's going to step up for that kind of thing? You were saying Dawson Knox, but the Patriots I think have the middle of the field. Cole Beasley, the Patriots have the secondary that. Somebody like Gabriel Davis is going to have to be the guy to step up for the Bills if they're going to win this game, and I don't don't, don't really see that kind of thing happening. He's just been too inconsistent. I'm going to take the Patriots to pull off the upset here, 2017. This game, and I said it before, is the most even game of the – you can't – everything that they're good at, they're equal at to me. They're mirrors, images of each other. It's going to be a coin flip who wins or loses. The biggest X factor for me are the Bills are home. 
that's the biggest X factor to me in this game. If it was at New England, I'd pick the Patriots. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills, and everyone says there's no run. Josh Allen's been running the football in the red zone just as much as the running backs have. It's not a great idea, but it's been effective for the Bills. I'm taking the Bills in a very, very, very close game, 2017. Jeff? See, it, yeah, I don't think home home field is the difference maker in this one. If you go and look, there's still 10,000 seats available for this game. Bills fans are not buying them up. Anyone can go and get a ticket right now to this game for $30. Go ahead and look that up. Bills fans, they kind of stink. Uh, <laughs> they're just crazy. Yeah, they're just crazy. But the, if this game, dude, this is a home playoff game. It's not even sold out. So how would home field even be an advantage? Right? But it doesn't matter. I think I think Mac Jones has hit the rookie wall. The Patriots are absolutely stumbling going into the playoffs. I want them to win, but I just don't think they're going to. I'm going to take the Bills. That's right. I was just going to say real quick, Tyler, I think being in Buffalo, that benefits the Patriots more so than the Bills because of how these two teams play. Like, I think the Patriots, they are a team that wants to run the football, and the Bills, they want to pass the football with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. So I think because it's in Buffalo and it's going to be snowing, it's going to be cold, I think that benefits the Patriots more so than the Buffalo Bills. And so I don't really think it's going to be no home field advantage, you know, Saturday night in Buffalo. I don't think this is going to be a home field advantage anyways, and it doesn't matter where they were playing. I think the fact is, is the Patriots can run the ball and the Bills can't. But do I trust a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones in a big game? Now, I, I trust Bill Belichick. I trust that Bill Belichick is going to have the right recipe to stop Stephon Diggs. But I don't trust Mac Jones. If the Bills can get to Mac Jones and put pressure on him. We've seen Mac Jones in the last couple of weeks make a lot of mistakes in the open field and throw interceptions. I think the Bills' defense is good enough to to get at him. I don't know if they're good enough to run. But what I do like about the Bills in this game, which I've been saying this all year round, is the fact that in the big game and in the important parts of the game, the offensive line of the Bills, to me, has played at the top level of their game. I think in the last two weeks... Their offensive line has shown you why this offensive line over the last couple of years has been as good as any offensive line in football. I think if this offensive line holds up and protects Josh Allen, they win the game in Buffalo. It's going to be very close. I could see this game 17-16. I could see this game 14-13. But my prediction, 20-17, to the Bills win on a field goal kick at the end of the game. Um, Eagles... Buccaneers. So I think this game is going to be close in the first half. I think you're going to see the Eagles be able to play their defense. And I think you're going to see some adjustments from Brady later on. Once he kind of feels out how the Eagles are going to play, that's you're going to see them start. I think the second and third quarter is really going to be where the Buccaneers pull away at that point. Because Slay and Evans is going to be a matchup I like. I just don't know if the Eagles have enough with the tight ends. And I think Tampa... This offensive line is going to be is very good where it could stop that Eagles pass rush, which they're very good on that D-line, too. And I just don't know if the Eagles have enough deep threats down the field to make a difference late in the game. So I think, the, I think it's close for three quarters, and the Eagles will pull away, or the Buccaneers will pull away. I'll say 27-14. Ass-whooping. Absolute ass-whooping. Tampa Bay is going to beat the brakes off these boys. They, they're limping into the playoffs. They just got humiliated by the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to JV squad. They had a JV that's, team out there. That's fine. That's fine. It doesn't matter. The team still Everyone got humiliated. I don't care who you sent the out there. The coach's do. decision was to send those guys out there. And you keep saying <laughs> Darius Slay. Do. Darius Slay has been giving up what some of the most yards in the league as a corner. 
So Mike Evans might actually have a good matchup. He's not 100 percent healthy. Mike Evans not 100 percent. So what? And you think Darius Slay is? Is in better condition than right now? Uh, then him. that's fine. Uh, that's fine. I'll take Brady and Gronk. I'll take Brady and Le'Veon Bell. I'll take Brady and Grayson. I'll take Tyler Johnson. Scotty Miller, by the way, who Tom Brady saw a lot last postseason. There's options on this team for Tom Brady. The defense is going to be able to stop the run. They're a top five team against the run. And they got the linebackers to go up against the tight ends. Tampa Bay, 35. Honestly, 35, nothing. Notice how Trey looked away from the camera when you said Scotty Miller. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Jeff, who do you got? Yeah, uh, you know, this is classic Arrow. He'll build up the Eagles and pick the Bucks like the rest of us. This is what's going to make it so funny. But watch for the reemergence of O.J. Howard in this game. He really hasn't played. And with all these other weapons down, look out for O.J. Howard to play some of them slot minutes and uh, and see some targets. I, I think you're going to see a lot, whole lot more uh, two and three tight end sets than you've ever seen before. Uh, I'm taking the Bucks. And take this to the bank, and I love to shove this down your throat. Tom Brady doesn't throw over 300 yards in this game. How's that sound? I do not believe Tom Brady is going to be the reason why they win this game. The only way and they're going to... he does, they'll be like, yeah. Uh, we'll whatever, whatever, Jeff. you got a lot to say, but you know what? You beat me by one pick this year, and you think yeah, you, you know it all. You think yeah, you know it all. First, and you think you know it all. If you're not you don't know last. shit. How's that you're sound? Last. How's that? Take that. Take you're that. Last. Yeah, but we'll see what happens with these picks this year. Okay? Because so it's not over. First of all, you're not going to force me to tell me what I'm going to pick, dumbass. Just shut up and let me speak. First of all, I don't think the Buccaneers are going to be able to throw the ball in this game like everybody thinks because I think the Eagles' defense is a lot better than they everybody says they are. Now, Jalen Hurts, if he can run the ball against this Buccaneers team, this game will be a lot closer, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles win. But because it's in, Bu- in Buccaneerville and it's in Tampa and it is cool, it's not going to be cold, it's going to be warm, it favors the Buccaneers. The only thing is if the Buccaneers don't, if they don't run the game, they don't run the ball very well, and we don't even know if Leonard Fournette is playing in this game. And if he, he doesn't, is. what? He is. He is? If Leonard he Fournette, is. they win the game because Leonard Fournette's playing in the game. That's the only reason why. Because I'm telling you right now, Tom Brady will not throw over 300 yards in this game because of the Eagles' defense in front seven. So give me the Buccaneers, and it's going to be a lot closer than you think. 49ers, Cowboys. Uh, I'm going to take the 49ers in this one. This will be a very close game. I'm thinking a high-scoring game for this one. I think the Cowboys receivers and Dak Prescott, I think, play very well in this game. The question is now, with my, without Michael Gallup, can they be able to spread the ball around if the 49ers coaching staff goes to take one of them away? Because they still got the pass rush. They still got the middle-of-the-field defense to make that kind of thing work if they do decide to go over the middle-of-the-field concepts. And the 49ers, I love what they've been doing in the second half of the season, moving guys around. And you mentioned guys like Kittle and Samuel being stars, but it's those secondary receivers that are really making a difference. Who caught the winning touchdown or the tying touchdown against the Rams? Jawan Jennings. They're getting him involved. Trent Sherfield. The Cowboys really don't have much secondary depth after that. So I think the Niners eventually will control time and possession. And as you know all too well, Trey, there could be any random running back that comes through for the 49ers at any given time. And you might yeah. see that in this game too. This game will be close, but I think the Niners win it. I'll say 30 to 28. Trey, are you listening? Trey? Uh, yeah, I'm listening. Okay. Keep, write these down because you're going to see them next week. So just <laughs> jot this down. Okay. San Francisco is going to bully Dak Prescott. Okay? Dak okay. Prescott is going to be under pressure this entire game. And Zeke's okay. not going to be able to – you know, he'll have his 20 carries or whatever. But he's not going to be seen in the fourth quarter because they're going to be trailing 
in this game, and Dak's going to have to win this game with his arm. And Dak's had a bad month and a half, which is why I'm taking San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo is a big game player. He plays well in the playoffs. He only took a team to the Super Bowl. So he's actually, in my mind, the best quarterback in this game because he plays well in big games. I'm taking Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan. 28-17 over the Cowboys. 28-17? Yeah. You don't even got the Cowboys scoring 21 points? No. Top three team in the NFL, my man. They stopped the pass and the run. Well, I, I I do think this is a bad matchup for the Cowboys. Like I said, again, I think though, I think offensively though, the Cowboys got an advantage, you know, with their receiving receivers versus versus the 49ers secondary. I don't really believe in the 49ers secondary. And if Bosa and Armstrong top seven in the league, if they don't put pressure on Prescott, I think the 49ers could be in trouble. But um, I think offensively for the 49ers, having George Kittle and Debo Samuel. Goes a long way. Ayuk has over 800 yards, too. Don't forget about Brandon Ayuk. He's going to see the ball a lot in this game. He he lines Debo Samuel up sometimes in the backfield. Mm -hmm. Like, he's so creative with Debo Samuel. It's going to be interesting to see if the Cowboys defense is going to be able to have answers. Because I think the Cowboys do a good job at taking away the football. But if you can protect the football, I think you can run the football on that Cowboys defense. Now I know why you're the wise guy. As well. yeah. so you hold on to the football, you win the game. I understand. Yeah, if the Cowboys don't create turnovers, they are in trouble. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. I'm going to get my predictions on my show tomorrow morning. But what you got, Earl? Uh, actually, Jeff, you go first. Well, my bad, my bad. What's my bad. this guy know? Jesus Christmas. <laughs> Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in the game of football. <laughs> Hands down, bar none, period. Right? All the 49ers running backs are all hurt. All of them. Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, whoever the other bum is. They're all hurt. It's going to make them one-dimensional, and I don't trust Jimmy G to throw the football. You know who I do trust to throw the football? The best quarterback and by the way the best soup spokesman in all of football by the way Dak Prescott <laughs> did you say the best quarterback in the NFL the he's being sarcastic he don't yeah, he's man. not being serious being, being okay man. sorry um, Jeff I don't really know you too well yet I thought you were being serious no he's not being serious but um this is gonna be an interesting game and and, and it's gonna be a very close game I think both And I think Jeff is right. Uh, Elijah Elijah Mitchell, he was a big part of why San Francisco won last week against the L.A. Rams. He he ducked down. He played very hard. But at the end of the game, uh, he was banged up. And he even said he was banged up going uh, going into the wild card weekend. I think it's going to be a big problem. He will play in the game. I I still think it's going to be a big problem if they're going to be able to run the ball consistently against the Cowboys. Now, Micah Parsons, he's been sensational all season long. Uh, Definitely defensive rookie of the year. I think Lawrence is going to play a big part in this game. If Lawrence can get to the quarterback just as much as Micah Parsons and put pressure on the other side, I think the Cowboys have uh, the recipe to win this game. The only problem in this game is, is really Mike McCarthy. I don't trust Mike McCarthy in the big game. Okay, he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre throwing the ball anymore. He's got Dak, and I like Dak. But again, uh, is Dak going to make the big important throw? That's going to be the question. Now, I I think that the the Cowboys have the better wide receivers, and I also believe that the Cowboys have the home field advantage. So I am going to take the Cowboys in this game. Yes, I do. I'm going to take the Cowboys... I'm going to take the Cowboys in a game. I think this game could be very, very close. I could also see the Cowboys blowing out San Francisco. Uh, no I'm just, way. All right. There's all right. no way to be a blowout. All right. All right. I want to ask you a question real quick, Earl, before we move on. Mm-hmm. So you think that that Cowboys, those receivers are better than the Niners? Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Like Debo and George Kittle? Yes. 
No, well, first of all, George Kittle is a tight end. He's a tight end, but I'm talking. I'm just talking about he's part of the receiver. It, it doesn't. No, he's a tight end. Tight end he's, and a wide receiver are different. He's a tight end, but we're just we include everybody. I mean, tight end. I think Trey's asking top team. targets. Yeah, top, yeah. Like, Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper is is a good is good a target as as, as Kittle. Actually, he's probably a better target than Kittle. Okay, Debo yeah, Samuel had a very good though than right CD Lamb, and right CD now, Lamb right, is a great player and too. Right now, I would venture to say Kittle has better numbers than Amari Cooper. He missed a lot of time. He missed a lot of time. Amari Cooper's yeah, right in. now. So Cooper. I think Debo Samuel is playing better than CD Lamb and Amari Cooper right now. Yes. Yeah, well, they're also coming, coming back from injury. I still trust Amari Cooper, the tandem of Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. And, 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 and they got butterfingers. But say when this, you're talking factor. about weapons here as well, right, you guys are also forgetting that the combination of Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard is better than any of the 49ers running backs, any of them. See, the thing is with it's the Niners, for me to take the Niners stay true to who they are. The Niners stay true to who they are. They never go away from – the type of team that that's they are. the problem. And, and the Cowboys don't have a guy like Kyle Juszczyk. And I know, I know I'm saying Do not name. bet on Kyle Shanahan. I've told this to everybody. Do not bet everybody. on Mike McCarthy. Uh, they're, Mike both, McCarthy. they're both idiots. They're both idiots. Well, I don't like both of them. I'm going to take the idiot that's adapted to the new wave of the NFL over the one that can't. The two worst coaches in the playoffs are playing in this game. So, no, right no. there. Wait, but you guys, that's, no. you guys are focusing on all the negatives. Yeah, Shanahan blew a lead. Yeah, Mike McCarthy's fat. Yeah, this, you know, that, that, the whole thing. Dak's still the best player on the field. Either team. Stop. Dak. Stop. Cowboys win the game 28-21. Okay? That's, okay. That's, and, that, and next factor for the Cowboys, too, is Cedric Wilson, the receiver. He's been right. stepping up. All right. Fred Warner's going to shadow him all day long. All right, Steelers, Chiefs. So this is the one that I don't think will really be that close because the Steelers have not been able to stop the run either. And the Chiefs have actually done well with Darrell Williams and also the short passing game in the second half of the season. It's actually been a big reason for their big their turnaround that doesn't get a lot of attention. I know Hill and Kelsey are going to get all the, uh, the shine, but I think that'll be the matchup that actually gets exposed. And if, if Hilaire plays, you're going to see him play very well in this game too. The Steelers, I think Najee Harris will play well, but that's really it. I don't really trust anybody else, and that offensive line's abysmal too. And Kansas City... What's happy defense? I'll say Chiefs 34, Steelers 20. Go ahead, Todd. The, the, the Chiefs defense has been the biggest story of their turnaround. Chris Jones is going to stop Najee Harris. Frank Clark's going to be in Big Ben's lap. The defense has played well, and the Honey Badgers turned it around too. The defense is just playing better. Pat Mahomes finally doesn't have to throw the ball every five seconds and hope to God that somebody else is open. The Chiefs are, gonna, the Chiefs are back, and I told everybody to calm down. They were overreacting. The Chiefs are going to go on a deep playoff run again, and that's no harm to the Steelers. T.J. Watt is phenomenal. They have a good building block. It was a hell of a season. Chiefs win this game, and the score doesn't even matter. For me, this this matchup comes down to one person being an absolute asshole, and that's Daniel Carlson. If he had just missed the kick, we wouldn't have to deal with Ben's double chins in the playoffs, right? Like, that's what it comes down to. Ben Roethlisberger can't throw more than three yards downfield. He stinks. The Chiefs blew him out in that nail-biter of a game without Tyreek Hill or Kelsey in that game. And now you're going to give Mahomes those two guys back? Dude, bloodbath, and I love to see it. So long, Ben. <laughs> Let me chime in real quick, Earl. Go ahead, man. You want to say something? Cause it's stupid. I think um, oh, man. this is going to be – one of the biggest mismatches in NFL playoffs history. Um, like I said, I think this is going to be Roethlisberger going away party. This is his farewell tour. 
You know, it's going to end in Kansas City at Arrowhead. Mm. I don't think this game is going to be close. Mm. But I will say this. If the Steelers can hang around and we go into the fourth quarter and the Steelers are within 10 points, you never know what could happen. You're doing what he does. You're hedging bets. When this game gets into the fourth quarter, it's going to be third stringers out there for the Chiefs. Bet on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I, I agree with you. Disagree. Do we see a Chad Henney sighting, Jeff? I disagree. Chad, Chad Henney made right, the biggest Chad play Henney. in the playoffs for the Chiefs last year. Right. Chad Henney, they're going to re-sign Brody Coyle this week. Great <laughs> Alabama quarterback, Brody Coyle. My turn. My turn. Uh, all right. All right. They play Kansas City this, this, uh, this year already. They got crushed by Kansas City. They're going into Kansas City. The last time they played Kansas City, they were they lost really on the uh, really on the goal line. And Pittsburgh, very closely. It, very, it, was, it was very close. I know this isn't the same Ben Roethlisberger. I know this isn't the same Pittsburgh Steelers team. But the Steelers are a different team in the playoffs. And I I do believe this game is going to be close. I believe it's going to be very close. And the Steelers, yes, and I do believe the Steelers have a chance to win in the fourth quarter. I do believe it. And I'm be, being that they, they they completely crush, and everybody thinks with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, there's no way in hell this team is going to win but, because of that. But shut up. You said something. Shut your mouth. All right? I think Kansas City will win this game, but it's not going to be a bloodbath, absolute killing. I think T.J. Watt is going to rain fire on this on this Kansas City Chief team. He is going to make Patrick Mahomes run in different directions and make mistakes, and that's what's going to open up the field for the Steelers to win. Don't believe, and I'm going to tell you, there will be a pick six in this game by the Steelers. They will get a pick six in this game against Patrick Mahomes. Give me Kansas City in this game. It will be close. 28-24. They win the game, and they move on. Earl, mm-hmm. the last time they played in Week 16, mm-hmm. the Chiefs beat the Steelers. I, I know. it. We, we already know what the score was. That, no Travis Kelsey. Uh, uh, no Travis that, that's, that's fine. That's fine. And, and the playoffs are different. It's different. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. And it was going to be snowy. So, again, you're going to have to run the ball. And whoever runs the ball better is going to absolutely have a chance to win the game. And the healthier team would probably do that. We'll see. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a lot better. It's going to be a lot better game than you guys think it is. I'm telling you. You said that one last time. That's fine. And that's fine. I'm going to stick with this one. I'm going to stick with this one. This is going to be a lot closer than you think it is, Jeff. So, there you go. And the last game of the week, Arizona L.A., who do you got? I'm going to take the Rams in this one I, for two reasons. One, Arizona's very banged up on offense. Like I said, the two running backs, no Hopkins in this game. A couple offensive linemen not playing 100% either. And also Cliff Kingsbury, I think, in the second half of the season, he hasn't really been as creative with those guys as we, we saw him in the first half. I think they got kind of got figured out in a way. Zach Ertz had that great start, and then he wasn't. now he's not playing so great. Rondale Moore has been pretty much disappeared. And Jalen Ramsey with Hopkins out can now shadow A.J. Green full-time. So I think it's going to make it a very hard matchup. I think Kyler Murray plays well enough on the ground. I think they do well at certain times. And their defense, I think, plays well in this game, too. The problem is the Rams have a more balanced offense, I think, just more well-rounded with getting Akers back now, a better pure runner. Henderson could be a pass-catching back again. And the Cardinals' secondary depth is not great. So I'm going to take the Rams. It'll be a close game. I'm going to say 27-21. Everyone's... I know Errol's been saying that Sean McVay's on the hot seat. He is on the hot seat. If If the Cardinals lose this game in the fashion I think they'll lose this game in, 
Cliff Kingsbury's getting fired as soon as possible. Uh, I don't know about that. Oh, uh, absolutely. That, listen, he's, yeah, he's I know. not he's really all that bright every year. He is an innovative guy that just hasn't brought anything new to this team whatsoever. He's also drafted Kyler Murray, and that's one the more organization why was doing offense. that, whether he was there. That's or not. not true. That's not that, true. I don't believe you're wrong. That for a I'm second. telling you, that's wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're I wrong. don't believe that for a second. You're wrong. I know you're going to say you read something. I'm telling you, I don't believe uh, it. Well, okay. I'm telling you, you're so, wrong. That, I don't really care what you say. Okay. All I'm saying is I don't believe whatever you're about to say next. Wait a minute, fellas. So, Earl, you think McVay will get fired if the Rams lose? Yes. And, and Tyler, you think the Cardinals are going to fire I'm Kings saying that could, if all the playoff coaches I lined give up you... besides the interim guy, Kingsbury has the most, biggest chance to be fired. I could give you a this reason. team is built around his brain. And what do you think the Rams offense That's is what built around? But McVay's at least gotten them to the Super Bowl. McVay. They get crushed by the McVay's Patriots. A they scored three points against the Patriots. He got, no, he got the there. The best offense in the league. Could, oh, my God. He got, he got there. there. The Rams win this he game. Sh- they shouldn't have gotten there. They shouldn't have gotten there. The Saints should have gotten there. They did not deserve what? to go they there. They did not. They did not. Wait, wait. All right. But history is history, and they're going to say McVay yeah. lost to History Belichick is history, and he's going to be history after this game. Wait, you think you think the the Rams going to beat the Cardinals 35-17? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Give whew, Let's put a bet in with that. I bet you they don't get blown out like that. I guarantee they won't get beat 35-17. There is no way. This they'll cover game the spread. Be close. They'll cover the spread. No way. Absolutely no they'll cover way. the spread. Jeff, who do you got? Yeah. Uh first of all, let me just say I hate the NFL because they have screwed whatever team wins this game because they're going to be on short rest. That doesn't really seem we fair to me that you got to play on a Monday night, which is the most stupid thing on the face of the earth just because they want a couple extra dollars. They're going to hamstring one of these teams. But fun fact for you, the Cardinals at home this year, three and five. Mm-hmm. On the road, eight and one. Where is this game? In L.A. The best linebacker in football it, it will be out there in David Collins. And watch out for the return this week, by the way, of J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt's ready to return. He's going to give it a go. I'm going to take the Cardinals. D-hop or no D-hop, I don't care. I hope Odell Beckham sucks it. <laughs> What's your problem with Odell? Me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not a big Odell Beckham fan either. So. I think Odell What's the problem with Odell? You go on a boat ride with Bieber, you don't deserve nothing. <laughs> I have a problem with the boat riders. They were coming to Lambo. So. Um, yeah, I'm sure you didn't, Trey. But it's not the only reason they lost that game. I mean, your uh, your former offensive coordinator wasn't the best coach for us either. All right. All right. Also, by, by the way, real quick, he said that the way the NFL has this set up, they're going to be on a short week, whichever team wins this game. If the Cowboys find a way to beat the 49ers, then either the Rams or Cardinals have to come to Lambeau in the divisional round. So I don't feel bad for the Cardinals or Rams. They can come to Lambeau in a short week and play Aaron Rodgers, the MVP, in the divisional round. I ain't got no what? problem with Car- uh, Trey, just remember, those two teams have both, beat, both beaten Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs twice. So it's not going to be so easy for your Packers either. No, I know that. I'm not, I'm the not, Packers are going to get packed regardless of who they play. No, no, they're, they're a better identity this I year, Trey. I, I, Trey, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's a guarantee. I'm just saying don't think it's somebody some kind of blowout either. No, I, I, I just think it's ridiculous that you're going to make one of these teams be on short rest. I agree with you, Jeff. This is what I, I agree think, with you. Yeah, I agree I, with you. The, what, 
there's a, there's been a history in this league of like yeah you know whatever Thursday games Monday games that's regular season we don't care about that but in the playoffs it's Saturdays and Sundays and you get seven days of rest that's not going to be the case with either one of these teams and I think it's absolutely shameful. I agree. All right. Final game of the week, Arizona-LA. It's going to be a very fun game to watch. Obviously explosive. You have two quarterbacks, Kyla Murray and Matthew Stafford. Two quarterbacks that really don't have a, a lot of experience in the playoffs. Matthew Stafford was brought here to win championships. And if he don't, with Von Miller getting giving up, you know, bringing Von Miller in for a second and a third. Matthew Stafford for two first. Jared Goff in a third. I mean, you gave up your future for these guys. Jalen Ramsey for two first-round draft picks. I mean, you have given up your future to win championships. If this team doesn't pull off a win at home, let me tell you something. It's bye-bye, Bernie, to McVay. Because this team, the GM's going to be gone. McVay will be gone. They will be not rebuilding, but adding new coaches to this roster next year. But, again... Uh, you, you're going to Arizona. Arizona is 8-1 and one away. They've been sensational. Uh, J.J. Watt coming back. I think he's going he's gonna to lay the smacketh over there on the other side of that, uh, that, that line over there. And by the way, I love the Cardinals linebacker and safety core. I think they're going to get at uh, you know Matthew Stafford. I think they're going to put pressure on him. And Matthew Stafford is not 100%. Nope. Under pressure, he has proven to fall apart. I, I mean, think he's going to. Who in particular do you like on that linebacking core, though? Uh, you you know who I like. I don't have to mention names, okay? You know who I like. Your boyfriend, all right? Um, I I think that this game is going to be a fun game. It's going to be battle of the defense. I think they're going to be able to hold the offensive line of the Arizona Cardinals. Are going to keep. Aaron Donald out of this game, and that is the difference. <laughs> I'll take money on that. Uh, all right, you take money. <laughs> Aaron Donald, I get. I tell you what, I tell you what, sacked by the end of the first quarter. I tell you what, if he doesn't, guess what we're gonna do? Guess what we're gonna do? What if Aaron? Oh, Donald, where's that clip of me saying Lamar Jackson's MVP? We'll find that it. you've been promising Aaron me Donald, for a Hold month. on, hold on, hold on. Aaron well, Donald. You're not gonna pay on the bet anyway. Yeah, you're probably not anyways. I uh, know. I never said uh, it. Uh, I know. Uh, I'm never said uh, it. Uh, hold on, hold on. Aaron Donald, if he doesn't. What 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 would you do on live radio that'll embarrass the hell out of you? If Aaron Donald doesn't, have what a sack, are you gonna do? You I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever me. you want. No 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 no. I'll do whatever no, 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 you no. want because you always make bets for people. I'll do and whatever, you don't ever bet yourself. I'll do whatever you want. If if Aaron Donald, but I'm not trying to embarrass if, you. I just want you to. I want you to understand what you just you said. Have, you'll never the two time. You'll that, never that's embarrass why, me. That's why, and that they, you'll never embarrass that's, me. That's that's the thing because you take pride in that. But anyway, what I'm saying to you is, I'm gonna hold on. The reigning defending two time defensive player of the year. It it's going to be taken out by one of the worst lines in football. Yep. I'm a, so what, what? What do you want? What do you want? Aaron Donald doesn't have a sack in the first quarter. He, he, Hold on, I that's understand. what you said. I, no, that's I understand that. That's what I you said. I understand what I said. All right. What, what are you saying? I'll be. I'll come in here and say you were right. I'm not betting you. you I think I, I think if Errol wins that bet, Tyler should just shave the front of his head and go full Mr. Burns. I think so too. You got to shave your whole head. No, 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 just the front. Full Mr. Burns. Just flat out old man haircut. Hey, hey, I think, um... What do you think, Tyler? You want to do that? What? If Aaron Donald doesn't have a Oh, sack. it's almost 1230. Let's go. Oh, Trey, you've been a fun. Uh, Jeff, it's always a blessing. And, uh... No, no. Adios. I want to see the Mr. Burns haircut. <laughs> 
Uh, I figure Tyler hey, runs away. All right. I mean, the top has already gone. It's really only seven three hairs on the front. All right. All right. So I, I, I got the I got the Cardinals in this game. I think the Cardinals will win the game. I think the game will be very, very close. Very close. Did you pick all the same games as me? Yeah, I did. Uh, unfortunately. Um, I got the Cardinals in this game. 32 to 21. So there you go. I, I have the Cardinals winning the game. Uh, they knock off the Rams, and then uh, within two forty-eight to seventy-two hours, we're going to hear that Sean McVay and the GM gets fired. Okay. Oh, wow. And remember, hey, I said I think, that. Can we all way. agree? Can we all agree that this is the most exciting game of the weekend? It is. It is by far. But there will be there will be an upset in one of these games. I'm telling you right now, there'll be a big upset in I one agree, of these girl, games. But it ain't going to be the Steelers. Okay. All right. He didn't pick the Steelers. <laughs> I didn't pick the Steelers, but I'm just letting you know. He's picking it, the Steelers to cover, though. If, if the, I, I'm definitely picking the Steelers to cover in this game. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. picking the Steelers yeah. to cover in this game. 28-24, I remember. I remember yeah. that. I, I, I think it's going to be very close. And, and don't be surprised if the Steelers or the Eagles win this weekend and knock off one of those big name teams that everybody keeps talking about. So. By the way, by the way, if Trey wants to actually make history and do something important with his life, 7.30, as soon as that clock hits zero, send the first Bengals 1A playoff game text. You will be a hero. <laughs> I will say this. I will say this. I would love to see si- Tyler. I, that's a good bet. Aaron Donald doesn't have a sack in the first quarter. He's got to shave the middle of his head. Okay. Yeah, just the front of his head, full Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns, okay? If I lose, Tyler can pick whatever he wants. I'll do it on live radio. I don't care what it is. But he's got to stick to the bet, and he's got to do it. Okay? Because he, he says that Aaron Donald... No, no, get him to say yes. I want to hear him say yes. I'm going to get him to say yes. Or if he doesn't say yes, then... Has he already well, left? No, he's here. He's just not going <laughs> to go on. He doesn't want to do it. To, he doesn't want to do it. He to this bet, yeah. He, he doesn't, yeah, you know, Tyler, come in here, man. He's the king man. Runs his mouth and then never wants to back it up. <laughs> Tyler, where are you, man? Where'd you disappear to? Uh, he probably uh, wants to take a dump. Yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> he is a dump. <laughs> Great show, by the way. Uh, Jeff uh, and, and obviously Trey and our special guest, Jonathan Mackey. Is Trey Macri. still here? Uh, yeah, Trey's here. Trey's here. Yeah, go go dogs, Trey. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he was he 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 won four thousand dollars making that uh, you know prediction before the the season even started. I uh, put that bet in in July. Jeff, wow. to put it in perspective, Trey is a uh, is he's a Cincinnati guy, so he, yeah, uh, I, I bet he's gl- I bet he's glad that, he, that Georgia avenged Cincinnati Ooh. and beat Alabama. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the wake Tyler went to, right? <laughs> Tyler. Tyler's on the wake that he doesn't want to lose his hair. Okay, here lies the Crimson Tide mask. And I mean, <laughs> here, 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 here lies Luke Fickle, got <laughs> buried by Nick Saban. Fellas, real quick, real quick, I, and I want Jeff to chime in on this. Mm-hmm. So you know, my Packers been the back-to-back NFC Championship games. Mm-hmm. Is this the year that we finally get over the hump? Yes, yes, I believe they will. It's possible. I got to see how the 49ers play. I'm going to pick it yes for now, but I have to see how the 49ers play cuz I still what think they think? Could, I still think they could beat the Packers. What do you think? Are the 49ers or the are the Packers going to be back in the uh, they're yeah. going to overcome the NFC Championship game yips and go into the Super Bowl. We get there. Jeff. Well, they've been in the last two or three championship two. Yep, games. Two. Yep, the last two. They? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think they got the pump to do it this year. I think whoever plays them is going to beat them in the next round. 
Mm. What? <laughs> Again, I wouldn't rule it out if it's the 49 I got, I got the Packers know, going all the way. I mean, I mean, honestly, you can cackle and laugh all you want, Trey, but Lambeau is a huge home field advantage. You know, that's supposed to be the mystique and, oh, huge home field advantage. Tom Brady out there throwing 50-yard bombs when everyone knew he was going to do it. People just go in there now and take what they want. Aaron Rodgers outplayed no Tom Brady in the NFC Championship game last year. There's no, there's no mystique in Lambeau he did, anymore. People can People can just go in there and take whatever they want now. Yeah, I will admit this. I am rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend to upset <laughs> the Bucks because, because if not, then it's a good chance the Niners might have to come to Lambeau next week. But mm-hmm. if the Cowboys beat the Niners, then the Packers will get the Rams or the Cardinals. I like our chances against the, 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 the Cardinals don't, or Rams. Don't honestly. let the don't listen, Trey. Seriously, don't let the Cardinals win this week because the Cardinals win this week and D Hop comes back for a crazy game in Lambeau. Yeah, you're gonna see Aaron Rodgers wishing he had gotten vaccinated and crying and oh, I guess I'm going to Denver now. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least Earl Earl's with me. He picked the Packers to go to the Super Bowl before the season started, and I also picked the Titans to go to the Super Bowl before the season started. Mm-hmm. Really? So, yes. Yes, he did. And I he picked did. them both. Looking good. Looking yeah. good. See, so, I, I had the Packers and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And if Derrick Henry does come back, and with the talent that they have, I, I would get defense. i got the Cowboys. Uh, he's got the Cowboys. <laughs> well, so does the beef. Three Trey Super is praying for the Cowboys to win because those Three 49ers are gone. If the Cowboys beat the Buccaneers, the Packers can play the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game, who they own anyway. <laughs> The yes. beef. Listen, yeah. I, I'll just I'll just say this right. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I love breaking balls about the Cowboys, but we, Errol and I talked about this. Yes. Very quietly, the Cowboys are the healthiest team in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The healthiest team. We, you know, no Tanyan for the for the pack. Right there, their running backs have been a little banged no, up. Jeff, they, we just got we got Zadarius Smith coming back. He coming back. Did they get Alexander back too, Trey? Alexander coming back. Yeah. He coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. I don't trust anybody that's been sitting out all year and then is going to kind of try, try to come back cold and play against guys that are ready to go. Dude, listen, there's a difference between coming back in the regular season and coming back in the playoffs. Game speed is going to be a lot faster. People are going to hit harder. There's going to be less penalties called. It's a whole different scenario when when you're coming back into that. That doesn't much matter to me. I would Jeff, still take the Jeff. Let, let's say the Cowboys beat the 49ers. Before we get out of here, one more question. Let's say the it's Cowboys not, let's say they're going to beat them. They're going to beat them. Okay, let, okay. Let's say they beat them. They'll play the Bucks in the divisional round. You like Dak Prescott and the Cowboys to beat Tom Brady in Tampa in Tampa Bay in the divisional round? Yeah, I, I would. I would take them over the Bucks. I really would. No Godwin, no Antonio Brown, a banged up Fournette. Ronald Jones is hurt. Everyone, literally everyone, all year has been missing in the secondary for the Buccaneers. They can't stop the pass at all. That's bad news for them. That's true. That's true. Trey, I thank you that. for calling, bud. Yeah, for sure, fellas. You guys enjoy your night and uh, enjoy Wild Card Weekend. We will, and we'll talk. We'll get you on next week, and we'll uh, we'll see what you think. Happy. happy well, I'll get you on every week to do the picks. How's that sound? Sounds great. Sounds make, uh, great. Make, make sure Jeff gets his Bengals text. <laughs> I want I want that text from you, Trey. I want that text. I want it. And then I okay. want you to take a picture of yourself and send it smiling. I'm the first one that sent a Bengals one a playoff text. <laughs> I got you, man. Hey, have a good night, fellas. Thank you, Trey. Trey Larkin, uh, the voice of the wise guys. Jeff, thank you for calling. And uh, maybe we'll get uh, Tyler Harrison to uh, – Actually, make that bet. Uh, no, I, that's no, that's the bet. He ran his mouth. He wanted to bet. 
He just doesn't like, you know, that he'd have to trim three hairs off of his forehead. <laughs> He'll have to grow out his eyebrows and start combing them straight back. Hey, I mean, what does it matter? It's like, it's embarrassing as it is like that. He looks like he's constantly got a yarmulke on his head with that patch going on back there. He should, that's what he should do. He should actually convert to cover it up. <laughs> Jeff, thank you for calling, man. Lahayan. <laughs> oh, man. What a show. <laughs> he is a ball buster, man. You got that right. <laughs> he is some ball buster, man. <sighs> Anyways, uh, that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy Wild Card Weekend. It's going to be fun. Uh, you can definitely take our picks. Uh, we will do, I will post up my, uh, we will, we will play it the real way. Um, we'll play it, uh, not over-unders. What are we going to play? Spreads. We'll, we'll play it by the spreads and, uh, we'll post it up so we can keep our tabs on and what, uh, Vegas is and what we are, but, uh, we'll play it, we'll play it by the spreads. I'll also get, uh, the beef to do it too. Cause he's pretty good at that as well. Um, we will be back next week, Wednesday. Uh, listen to the Weekend Crunch on 103.9. Do we have a game on Saturday? Nope, no games this Saturday. Next week there is an Islander game. All right, so uh, we will be live at 7 p.m. If you don't live here in Long Island, you can listen to us by going to the LI Radio, uh, iHeart Radio app. So check that out. Uh, 7 p.m., the Weekend Crunch with Speedy Petey and me. So definitely check that out. Uh, thank you to all the fans, all the people that were, you know, listened to us and throughout our, our shows, the Ryan Hickey Show, uh, Weapons Hot, uh, uh, you know, our, our, our wrestling show, all the different things that we have, and including the Wise Guys as well. Uh, Tyler Harrison is nowhere to be found. I think he's uh, just hiding somewhere because he doesn't want to make that bet. Uh, good night, everybody. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.